This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. And it is Thursday, April 22nd. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, human remains have been found in connection with the search for a missing Amish teen from Lancaster County. The FBI, East Lampeter Township Police Department, and Pennsylvania State Police found human remains Wednesday during a search related to the disappearance of 18-year-old Linda Stoltzfus, who vanished last summer after a family says she didn't come home from a church youth group meeting. In July, Justo Smoker was arrested after a witness reportedly saw Stoltzfus in his vehicle on the night she went missing. Smoker was first charged with felony kidnapping and misdemeanor false imprisonment. In December, he was charged with criminal homicide. Wednesday's discovery marks 10 months since Stoltzfus disappeared. The Lancaster County Coroner will examine the remains to determine an identification as well as the cause of death in this investigation. I saw the picture of the girl and, and she looks just like your you know, standard Amish teen that you might see. It's a terrible story. The name that you had mentioned there, the perpetrator, Kathy, is he in the Amish community? You know what? I don't know. It didn't say. It's a common name. name. It's a common name in the Amish community. So, yeah, it's an incredibly weird story. Yeah. Um, sorry, I was just trying to look up uh, if he was uh, yeah. or not, but I'm I'm not quite sure. It doesn't appear to be, but... It doesn't appear that he yeah. is, no. Okay. okay. Mayor Jay Gillian has announced immediate action amid an investigation into allegations of sexual harassment involving the Ocean City Beach Patrol. Effective immediately, aid to the mayor, Michael Algretto, will oversee operations of the Ocean City Beach Patrol. The allegations surfaced last week after an Instagram account with the username OCBP Predators was created. The account includes dozens of anonymous allegations against the unnamed members of the Ocean City Beach Patrol. The creator of the Instagram account says that this all started after a female lifeguard asked for help. A lot of these people are telling me that they're coming forward with a story for uh, for the first time or it's a story from 5, 10, 15 years ago, the anonymous person said. Mark Jameson is the chief of the Ocean City Beach Patrol and at the time remains in his position. While the investigation is still underway, one of Allegretto's first roles will be to find an independent contractor to oversee the day-to-day operations. His charge will be to retain an experienced labor attorney with a strong background in employment investigations to ensure the city's policies and procedures are sufficient, correctly implemented, and properly communicated, and to engage an independent contractor to oversee the day-to-day operations of the patrol while the investigation is conducted, Gillian said. Are most of these um, uh, uh, sexual... Yeah. Violations? Yeah. Okay. That's what, I mean, they're on an Instagram account. Oh, um, right, right. You know, the, nothing. The allegations. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. nothing official yet, but yeah, they're, they're allegations. Uh, going forward, the city will take a number of steps to ensure that all city team members work in a safe environment, Gillian mm. added. The Cape May County Prosecutor's Office is continuing to investigate the allegations. Any witnesses or victims are urged to come forward by contacting the prosecutor's office, or you can report it anonymously through the Cape May County Sheriff's tip line uh, at C mcsheriff.net you click on anonymous tips or you can call the cape may county crime stoppers line it's a debate that's raged for years should radnor high school change its nickname a radnor high school alum posted a video on youtube to illustrate the passion and spirit behind the radnor raider nickname it comes as students and community members get ready to meet in focus groups about a new name a clip from the video says raider nation is inclusive accepting of all differences respectful determined and proud why would we want to get rid of the name that has united us for so many generations the video is reigniting controversy in september 2020 the school board voted to remove the raider name and 
all uh, Native American imagery. The school district received almost 100 new uh, name suggestions. The committee narrowed it down to eight names. Uh, many people voted against all eight names because they didn't carry any meaning behind them. Many say the, ra- the Raider has so much history and meaning to all of the students, alumni, and parents. Okay, so their Raider is a Native American, whereas like the uh, Las Oakland. Vegas Raiders... Raiders. Yeah. Are that's a pirate, yeah, right. Okay, it's got Native American imagery on it, and uh, I'm surprised that this is still a debate, Kathy, because a year ago they they took it, they made the vote, they've taken a lot of the imagery down. Uh, I live right near Rainer High School, and you can't even see any of the images of the Raider anymore. So I, I, um, I thought that's why they're debate, saying it was yeah. this alumni who posted this YouTube video that's kind of reigniting all of it because they're going into this meeting because they still don't have a name. They they voted against all the eight names that they came up yeah, with. I believe so. Washington still doesn't have a nickname for next year for their football club. Either, no. So yeah, so it's yeah, just one of these things where sometimes it's just in, in limbo for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pirate time. Indians. That's their uh, the name. Pirate, of their, uh, oh, pirate oh, Indians. Um, <laughs> but they're going in the wrong direction. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's do sports this morning. The Sixers lost to the Phoenix Suns last night in South Philly, but almost tied the game on a last-second miracle shot. It it was excruciating. Joel Embiid grabbed a two-handed rebound, turned and tossed an 85-foot right-handed strike that banked off of the glass and rattled off the front and the back of the rim but didn't go in. The Suns escaped with a 116-113 win. Embiid had 38 points and 17 rebounds and one incredibly close shot that could have been one of the greatest shots in NBA history had it gone in. I mean, he threw it like a baseball. Uh, I mean, that guy is a physical specimen. It's just amazing. The Sixers are back at it tonight as they open up a back back miniseries in Milwaukee against the Bucks. Tip-off is scheduled for 7 o'clock. The Phillies beat the San Francisco Giants 6-5 yesterday afternoon at the ballpark. Yeah. Bryce Harper tied the game with one swing and later scored the winning run with one hand brushing the plate. Andrew Knapp hit the winning single in the ninth inning after Harper hit a tying solo home run in the seventh. Knapp hit a one-out single to left and Harper beat Alex Dickerson's throw, scoring, standing up, and touching the plate with his fingertips to lead the team to the win. They're off to the <laughs> <laughs> They're off today before opening up a road trip with a weekend series against the Rockies in Colorado tomorrow night. And the Flyers, who have lost four of their last five, return to the ice tonight with the game in New York against the Rangers. The puck is set to drop in Madison Square Garden at 7 o'clock. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right. Thanks, Kat. Hi. How's everybody? Hi. Doing good today? It's a Thursday. The majority of the work week. I, I think I say that every single that's Thursday true. Morning, but You've it's never just, been wrong. It's just the first thing that pops in my mind is we're almost there. We're it's going to be very, Friday very in five hours. It yeah. will. Yes, According right. to Casey, when right? we're done. I will tell you this. Uh, Friday. Thursday evening going into Friday, I start to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thursday evening's good. Start to loosen and up a little bit. Friday, I've, I think you and I are on the same page that Friday evening might be my favorite time of the yeah. weekend. Yeah, I think it might be. Yeah, yeah. Yep, I agree. I have a wedding tonight. What? Where, what? <laughs> You're getting married? I thought you were married. <laughs> no, I didn't want. A Thursday uh, night? A Thursday night wedding. So it's wow. my cousin. She originally was scheduled a weekend um, in 2020. She had to oh, reschedule it two or three times. Jeez. And when she went to the place to reschedule this final time, they said to her, uh, we have no weekends available. You can get married in 2022. And she said, no way. I'm not waiting that long. Right. They said, let's do a Thursday night wedding. But the only thing is that it has to be outside. So there are, te- you know, it's oh, tented oh, and heated. Oh, it was one day. Right? It was beautiful. Yeah. 
uh, on Tuesday. I, yeah. I was like, oh no, oh no. And so yeah, yeah it's going to be cold. But we've we've got heaters. So well, wait a second. But yes, but that's uh, so going back to it being you know it's like almost the weekend. How I got a wedding attendees? going into Friday. How many way. people are attending? Do you know? Um, I forget what it is. It's yeah. not the amount that she originally had. It right. is definitely a decreased amount. But um, uh, it was she was able to have a little bit. Uh, she was able to have more people because she's having it outside. Okay. All right. Well, uh, bundle up. I'm looking at my weather forecast, and it looks like the wind's not going to really start picking up to like this afternoon, like two or three o'clock. Oh, just in time for the wedding. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. So, congratulations, Leslie and Adam. Yes, yeah. please. Yeah. Uh, our strongest uh, congrats <laughs> to you. All right. We have a bunch of things that are taking place this morning. Uh, we have the money clip contest. Obviously, it's going to be eight and ten a.m. Your chance to win five hundred dollars. Yes. Uh, we also have actor Dean Norris. Dude. Uh, yeah. You remember him from uh, Breaking Bad. He was Hank. Yeah. Uh, and he's been in loads of movies Everything. and TV shows. And he's got a program called The United States of Al. It's on tonight on CBS. So we'll talk to Dean later on. And then we have director Brad Furman, local fella. And he directed City of Lies. It's the latest Johnny Depp film, Johnny Depp and Forrest Whitaker, which is available uh, to rent on Prime Video and Fandango now. And he... Grew up listening to the President Steve show, apparently. Apparently. Which is pretty cool. Apparently, I think he, I, without saying it, we were talking about this earlier, everything throughout this movie in some ways related to us. So no, even, oh, that's, even uh, if it's not overt. What yeah, a great you see yeah, it yeah. in, in depth's performance. Yeah, yeah. Right. Subtle. Uh, oh, and also, and I think you, guys, you guys have seen it already, but I'm going to reveal the audience of the true nature of the origin of... Of talk like Bill West. Yes, yes, yes. So probably about an hour we'll get from that right. after the entertainment report. But our reveal has been cleared up. Katie found out what the story was. <laughs> and we will pass that along to you. And maybe Bill will be happy at knowing how it came about. So uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. And when we return, a stupid question with some free stuff to give to you. And I have a big stack of entertainment stories to share. We'll be right back. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, let's give something away. We have a $50 Metro Diner gift card. I'm going to ask a trivia question, a stupid question, if you will. So here's what we have for you. In what year was actor Tim Allen arrested for possession of cocaine? 215-263-WMMR. Now, I've known this story for a long time. What I did not know was he was arrested for 1.4 pounds oh of my cocaine. God. Yep, yep. That's a lot of cocaine. All right, 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer to that. All right, and what year was actor Tim Allen arrested for possession of 1.4 pounds of cocaine? We'll go through some birthdays while we're waiting for that answer. Thursday, April 22nd, uh, we'll begin with a legendary guitarist and singer, Mr. Peter Frampton. Yes. turns 71 years huh. old today. One of the absolute best. Yeah, and one of the greatest live albums ever. His career was on a downfall, and they were almost counting him out until Frampton Comes Alive hit, 
And and part of it was the photo of him on the cover. It was so cool. Girls loved Women him. Women loved him. But he was and on. he's just a great talent, and it's a great album. It's it's basically, like as you said, Preston, at that point in his career, it's basically a greatest hits almost. Yeah. Or greatest never were hits. Yeah. So the album takes off and catapults him in the stratosphere. The live version. Yeah. Those songs were already out. They just didn't really do much. But yeah. the live versions of them with the audience reaction the and all this thing, stuff. The whole thing, yeah. It's what, it, what, it relaunched his career. I learned how to drive stick to this record. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah, I'm driving around with my mom. My mom taught me how to drive and, uh, and it was frustrating at times, but she put this music on deliberately so that I would uh, relax a little bit. And so oh, that's I'll, cool. I'll always associate Frampton with learning how to drive stick. I will Great. always associate this with my first mushroom trip. Really? I, I listen to oh this God. song over and over. I'm telling you, Kathy, I, I might have listened to it 30 times in a row. I sat in what we called the um, uh, the tomato couch, and I sat there. <laughs> as there, there was we had, we had a formal. My brother messed it up, and he forgot to book a formal um, hall to have the fraternity formal in. So we ended up having it in our house, and I sat there. I didn't even know I was going to trip that day. Dude just asked me. He, he was like, hey, can I borrow 25 bucks? I gave him 25 bucks, And he came back like 15 minutes later. He's like, here you go. And he handed me a bag of mushrooms. And I was like, I guess this is what I'm doing. All right. Good memories. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, it was great, man. I can see Casey just sitting there going to everybody. Wait, wait, listen. Wow, 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 wow. Oh, my God. It's like a seal. Spot. Yeah, totally. <laughs> forever. Seahorses. Uh, forever. forever. Uh, Peter is 71 years old today. Jack Nicholson, oh. the great Jack Nicholson, oh my God. celebrates a birthday with Peter Frank. your pardon. Yeah, well, happy birthday to you, Jack. He is 84 years old. <laughs> he's very thankful. And he, uh, yeah, he's he's done, right? He, he, he hung he's, it up. He said he, uh, yeah. I wouldn't, I think at some point he might do something if he's moved enough, but he really... He he basically and and Jack doesn't seem to me um, flighty in his decisions. Right. So uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't think but he has I'll, any desire left. I bet you maybe some little you know yeah. small role. No. Some maybe like okay, a, maybe a Fuller House uh, guest <laughs> appearance. Yeah, maybe so. No. Uh, can I borrow a cup of sugar? He hasn't done anything <laughs> since uh, How Do You Know, which was that movie that was partially shot here with Owen yeah. Wilson, and yeah. uh, we tried to get him on the show. I remember I asked Danny DeVito to get him on the show, and Danny said no. You know what he did. I'm sorry to interrupt. Not only Danny said no, Danny, I remember his yeah. exact quote to Nick. He said, Jack and I agreed to not do stuff like that before you were born. That was the best no I ever got. <laughs> never. Never. I'd like to see, you know what? You know it would be a great thing if DeVito could convince Nicholson to make an appearance on its own. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Wow. Could you imagine that? Hardly anybody cooler than him, you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Jack. Absolutely. Uh, he's 84. Ryan Stiles, you remember from uh, Whose Lines It Anyway? Yes. Drew Carey Show. Uh, he is 62 today. Cheryl Lee, who played Laura Palmer in Twin Peaks, she is 54. She was also in that uh, John Carpenter movie uh, about the vampires. Uh, I forget the name of it with... Uh... Not Stephen Baldwin, the uh, Daniel Baldwin. Oh, yeah. yeah. I couldn't tell you the title, but I know what you're talking about. Uh, a guy we've had on a few times, John Waters, a director. Yes, love uh, him. Is 75 today, yep, and uh, has done some cult classics like Hairspray and Pink Flamingos, Serial Mom, Cry Baby, to name a few. Serial Mom yeah. is so effing good. 
Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Ah, Negan. Yeah. <laughs> Steve does the best Negan impersonation, but you have to see it. It's not. It's not yeah. just the voice. It's right. it's the body movements. Because come on, man. Yeah, Negan for me was was fantastic for the series, and also for me the downfall of the series. In yeah. that, as we said before, he's so good. He's such a great actor, but the stuff he did. Yeah. If you wouldn't kill this guy, I know. Yeah. I, I know. lose all respect for you. Yeah. You know, and but I I'm sorry, but yeah. what it had to have come down to, had yeah. to have, because they're writing this as the seasons yeah. go along, is the audience loves him too much to kill him. Right. They, they love to hate him so much right. that we can't kill this guy off. We gotta get but I'm more like, out of you him. You know what I mean? Gotta be yeah, kidding me. For real. Yeah. For real. And the times they tried to justify yeah. his stance and what he did, I'm sorry, it, it, didn't, got, it didn't work for it me. It got very thin quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, they also gave him a backstory in uh, either the last episode or next to last episode. So they, they went back to him like before the apocalypse uh, apocalypse happened, as it was happening, and they gave him a backstory. He ran a fun zone, right? <laughs> he did not run a fun zone. Um, <laughs> How you kids like it? I think it was a bounce you, Steve, the trampoline place. Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't know what they were trying to accomplish with the backstory, um, but they didn't make him more likable. Okay. Okay. It's usually what you attempt to do is try to give context for why someone is the way they are. They're basically saying, guess what? You're right. He's a dick. Right. And so he does have these moments where you're like, okay, uh, maybe he's not so bad. Right. And then he follows it up by going... He he is stupendous as the comedian. Oh, my God. Zach, Zach Snyder's watchman. So good. He's 55. Uh, Steve, one of your faves, Amber Heard. Oh, uh, yeah. birthday today. I'm she's, conflicted. She's 35. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to think about her whole real life situation. And yeah. It's a he said, she said thing, so I, I, think I don't know. Visually, she's she's a, a, a classic Hollywood beauty, but I, I just don't. I don't know what's going on there. I she know was, that she poops in bed. She was really good in The Stand, uh, yes. the, the most recent version. You liked her? Uh, yeah, I liked yeah. her character. I didn't love the whole thing, but I did like her in it. She's 35. And then last birthday, great vocalist uh, and keyboardist, uh, Paul Carrick. Yes. Uh, who's in, been in bands like Ace and Squeeze and Mike and the Mechanics. The uh, Givens Kids? He sings. No, he wasn't in The Givens Kids. He sings Tempted. He's the lead vocalist on oh. Tempted. So does he do Pulling Muscles as well? No. Yeah, uh, no. Nope. That's, that's Glenn, Glenn Tilbrook. Yeah. Uh, but but he does um, Mike of the Mechanics. Yeah, Mike of the Mechanics, the the Living Years. Yes, he sings that. Um, he had a he had a solo song called "Don't Shed a Tear," which I thought was really good. And in Ace, um, oh man, what was the song that Ace had? The place for the helpful hardware. No, man? <laughs> Ace is the place. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's it. Yes, yep, exactly. No, Ace has has a song. Nick, if you could look up the band Ace, because you're going to know the song. It's a great song, but they were it was a one hit wonder, and I'm not going to I'm not going right. anywhere until we find out what it was. Yes, I don't. I have to say, I don't remember this. You will. You you right. absolutely will. Uh, hang on a second here. How long? Uh, how long? Yes. Has, has this been going on? Thank you. Marissa. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. Yeah. Paul Carrick, great vocalist, is 71 years old. All right. Now we can move on. Yes. Let's see if we can get an answer to this question. What year was actor Tim Allen arrested for possession of 1.4 pounds of cocaine? <laughs> I will go to Jason to see if he knows the answer. Hey, Jason, how you doing? Hey, sorry to bother you guys at work. Hey, All right. we, we're okay with it as long as you have the right answer. What year are we talking about? I'm going for 1978. And you are correct. <laughs> Hang on, Jason. 
We're going to give you a $50 Metro Diner gift card. You can share breakfast, lunch, and dinner with family and friends at your local Metro Diner or order online for curbside pickup or contactless delivery. Enjoy classics like fried chicken and waffles, steak and scramble bowl, and more. You can visit MetroDiner.com to view their menu. Yeah, he was sentenced to three to seven years in jail. He was let out on parole after two years and four months. His, uh, his uh, mugshot has a big, bushy sort of porn stash. Yeah, yeah. it's very... Um, um, Almost magnum Magnum yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. All right, so some entertainment stories. We're going to start with this. Our good friend John Travolta opened up to <laughs> Esquire Spain uh, about the loss of his wife, Kelly Preston. The one-year anniversary of her death is approaching. Uh, he says the most important thing that you can do to help another when they are in mourning is to allow them to live it and not complicate it with yours. That's true. Yeah, he said that although people tried to comfort him after Preston's death, he said it didn't help. He said, I felt so saturated with everyone's sadness that I didn't know what to do. Which is interesting hearing that because when when I, when I there are people in my life that, that I know that are going through something horrible like that, a bereavement and... and yeah. I don't know quite what to say. And I know that there are certain things that we do say, and I don't know if they help or not. So I kind of pull back and I try to... Yeah. I try to... Give them the space. That's it. You support, but you don't... You. Some people try to fix it. Yeah. Can't do that. Well... Uh, and, and, And you just... Just knowing that you'd be there mm-hmm. and that you're and, and as most people do and and there's nothing you can say that's going to eradicate a lot of people say I'm going to attempt to remove this pain the person has to mm-hmm. go through it they just have to experience and that's it yeah uh, I, I get a little bit mad at social media for um, ruining the the terms uh, thoughts and prayers because you know it, you know it does mean something when you, especially when you're talking to somebody that you know but uh, you know now it has become such a punchline. That thoughts and prayers, uh, it, it's, it almost doesn't mean anything anymore. But, like, I would often say that my thoughts and my prayers are with you. But, like, what I have found now is that, like, I hope you find comfort with the ones you love. Let's switch it out, thoughts and prayers, with booze and food. Booze and food. Or right? foose and booed. Or foose and booed. Well, yeah. you listen, like man. That? People tend to send you a lot of food uh, no, after true. somebody passes away. My, my wife is one of them. Like, when somebody dies, she's like, we have to put a, ca- a package together. Yes. You know, we, we have yeah. to. We, we got to send them food. And and it's an appreciated gesture, I think. It is. And you know what? The, um, so my brother and his wife just lost. Uh, uh, so my sister-in-law's mother passed away. And they did get, they got tons of food and what my brother said was so helpful was people waited like two three weeks and then sent food he goes because you get this abundance yeah. of food so much it all goes to waste like he was sending stuff home with people that stuff is stale but yeah. nobody said like you know three weeks later you're still depressed you're still sad about yeah. it and when the food comes in and you don't have to cook it's so helpful so right. maybe wait right uh, you know uh, bizarrely and to, to that point when, when my mother passed away and i was 21 it was decades ago um, uh, the neighbor, I remember as sad and, and, um, bad as that was, we never ate better in our life. Lo- I mean, oh my, my neighbors were all Aww. bringing Dude, stuff up. I had yeah. the best chicken salad. My friend Danielle and Brett, they made it. I was like, this is so good. <laughs> That, like, when, when the dust settles, I have to ask her how she did it. Yeah. <laughs> Who else in the neighborhood is sick? <laughs> As it I, turns out, she shredded with her with her, with her her bare hands, with her fingers. Oh. Yeah, you boil it, and then you shred it, and you stick it stick in a stew. Stick it in a stew. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
John said... Uh, in we now, all grieve in our own ways. Yes, we do. Uh, some of us watch The Lord of the Rings. Uh, now he says his main priority is finding joy in life uh, with his two kids, uh, Ella and Ben. And uh, he told the outlet that he is uh, particularly happy when listening to music or dancing. Um, she died uh, July of 2020, two years after she was diagnosed with breast cancer. She was 57 years old. Alex Rodriguez celebrated his daughter Ella's 13th birthday with a video featuring his ex fiance Jennifer Lopez. Uh-huh. Uh, the nearly two-minute video tribute showed the former MLB star with his daughter throughout the years, and he also included a shot of J-Lo hugging Ella at a, uh, and a Polaroid of the singer sitting on her knees next to A-Rod's daughter. He captioned the clip, uh, 13, wow, that number has meant a lot to me over the years, but today it's even more special than ever. I just can't believe my Ella Bella turns 13 today. My baby girl is officially a teenager. Ella, every day you amaze me more than I could have ever imagined. Uh, You're smart, mature, talented, caring, and funny. I'm so proud of the young woman you are becoming and so lucky and grateful to be your dad. So this is, okay, so this is A-Rod's daughter and Jennifer Lopez has, uh, needless to say, has built up quite a connection to this kid. Yes. So that's got to suck when they split. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, so, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, and it's and, part of the loss when it, when when you're you know when you're a blended family. I mean, they yeah. weren't technically a family, but yeah, his daughters Ella and Natasha uh, come from his ex-wife uh, Synthes Skirtis. Really, uh, Synthes Skirtis, Serbius Maximus. I get there. You go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So. Famous chariot driver. Uh, Hayden Panettiere's ex, Brian Hickerson, has been sentenced to 45 days in county jail after pleading known contest to two felony counts of injuring a spouse or girlfriend. Oh, so for domestic abuse, huh? Yeah, wow. yeah. Uh, according to Page Six, Tuesday's sentencing came after multiple domestic violence allegations involving the former Nashville star. Additionally, Hickerson will serve four years of probation. He's required to attend 52 domestic violence classes and must pay a $500 fine. He will also be hit with a five-year restraining order uh, that prohibits him from uh, coming in contact with Panettiere. So she was married to uh, Klitschko. Klitschko, right? Yeah, yeah. And then um, separates from him, gets involved with this guy. She had pronounced postpartum depression. Do you remember that? Yeah. For the better part of a year? Yeah. Life has not been easy for her. No, no. Uh, so the sentencing stems from Hickerson's July 2020 arrest, in which he initially pleaded not guilty to assaulting uh, Hayden. So he's uh, facing the music now. Uh, Irina Shake posted the first photo of her daughter with Bradley Cooper on Instagram on Wednesday. Our dear friend Bradley Cooper. Yeah, the picture taken by Cooper himself shows four-year-old Le- uh, Leah Desane Shake Cooper wearing a red sweater and a pattern leggings while tugging on her mom's hand and his face his face is not shown in the frame. Uh, her face is not shown in the frame. Somebody's face is not yeah. shown in the frame. Oh. Uh she had captioned the picture uh my dream for and then it's got a Twitter somebody somebody's yeah. Instagram handle um by daddy. Okay. Burberry. Whatever. Is that yeah there one of them is Burberry. But yeah. Oh yeah, one is Ricardo Tissic, Montalban. Tisci. Ricardo Montalban. <laughs> yes. Even though I've passed away, <laughs> I would love nothing more to be with you on this Sunday afternoon <laughs> as we rub our hands along fine Corinthian. <laughs> I knew that was good. Rich Corinthian leather. <laughs> Uh, the couple broke up in 2019 after a four-year relationship. Tattoo, the toilet is broken again. I need you to crawl into it. But the model recently referred yeah, damn it. to her ex as the most amazing dad in an interview with so, Elle. So they're they're on good terms. Yeah. yeah, He's moved on to somebody yeah. else, though, has he not? I believe so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course course he he <laughs> yes. All right, so if you had to rank our best friends, uh, 
Top three here, and I'm assuming between that real are, or fictional. This, these are all real. Stuff. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bradley Cooper, John Travolta, Mark Wahlberg. Bradley uh, Cooper, John, uh, well, as in, Mark Wahlberg. As in, like, how much they're best friends with us, or we're best friends with them? How Both. much we perceive our friendship? Because all of this is in our minds. You but got, however, yeah. we really had a great session with John Travolta. We but, did, but, but I think it was Mark, only one session. I think Mark Wahlberg probably remembers us. I'll tell you how I can say that, and I believe that you're, you're right, Kathy. You blew a call into him when he was on the on a set to help us when the Eagles were going to the uh, Super Bowl because parade. he's got right. you know Philadelphia is a like adopted city right and he came on and talked about it and wished uh, everything well and was cool so yeah. I, I think he's yeah okay Mark Wahlberg he's one and then who's two and three uh, Brad, Bradley would be two I think oh what oh no way John Travolta. Wow. Okay. Well, we, well yeah. Bradley's been by Brad, here a couple times. Bradley was by twice and was had a really good experience. Also, Casey that was forty one years ago. Yeah, and Casey texted him, and we got crickets. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, now I don't even do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. We're probably texting some rando in L.A. right now. <laughs> right. Like, dude, who? Why do these people keep asking Here's, me I to think, be on their show? I think. Uh, I think Bradley Cooper remembers being here. I think John Travolta would remember us. Okay. Yeah. Does All that right. make a difference? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, we have some heavy hitters. Otherwise, though, we have M- Michael Giacchino. We have Zack Snyder. Yeah. Rob he Mac- himself. Rob McElhenney. Rob McElhenney. John, yeah. Robert actually, Irvine. Actually, that, uh, that whole Sonny crew. We're, yeah. We're, yeah. we're pretty tight That's with all true. those guys. So. Jervis, I mean, he totally remembers us. Does he? Yeah. Okay. I, dude. Justin I, Guarini's. Justin Guarini's yeah. got to be way up there. All right. All right, listen. We're legit. We could go on. Stop it. Uh, I, I'm going to go on to this story, though, because I like it. Scott Disick has had a hard time seeing his ex, Courtney Kardashian, move on with boyfriend Travis Barker. <laughs> the source tells people that while Disick has struggled and has been jealous of Courtney's uh, past relationships, he recognized that this is something more serious. This is more serious. The insider tells the outlet with Travis, he struggles even more. Before Travis, Courtney's relationships were never serious. It hurts more because it's from the heart. It was more like fling with Travis this is different oh my god what I, I uh were there's a video that just came up oh in the god. studio I thought she was sucking on something yeah yeah, yeah. and it's, it's his a thumb. it's a thumb yeah and I guess it's his thumb yeah and it's meant to look like what you thought it was be- Travis it be, Barker's yeah. thumb? yes yeah, that's yeah. we assume yeah, yeah it did uh. look like she's performing <laughs> fellatio for sure yeah well listen whatever's what's what work for sis could work for you yeah yeah, yeah. totally oh my god. Uh, let's see. <laughs> oh, do it. It's worth it. <laughs> it's uh, so worth it. Ronda Rousey is pregnant. Yay! With her and husband Travis Brown's first child, the former UFC star and WWE wrestler, made the announcement on YouTube on Wednesday where she revealed that she is in her second trimester. She said, I've been pregnant since January, so four months. Woo, baby bump, and I can't hide it anymore. So it's time to show it off. And just want to share with you guys a little bit of the journey we've been on. Did they have intercourse? I believe they had oh, intercourse. Okay. And uh, there's definitely much more to the story than we'll be telling. Uh, that we'll be telling later. Four months is the uh, is the usual point at which you you get past the first trimester. Yeah, right? yeah. You want to get past right, first right, trimester. Right. Yeah. So well, good for that man. I, li- I like her a lot. Due date is September twenty second. Well, I'll be there. Way. Yep. Uh, Chrissy Teigen says Meghan Markle is just as kind as everyone says she is. Uh, uh-huh. Teigen told Andy Cohen during uh, Tuesday's Watch What Happens Live after show that the Duchess of Sussex wrote to her after her miscarriage last year. The supermodel and cookbook author added, she's been so kind to me ever since we connected. And by the way, Chrissy got back on Twitter, right? Yes, yeah. that, uh, that uh, I was leaving goodbye. 
Uh, but see you on the other side. Stop I'm done. It. I can't stand the acrimony. And about three weeks later, hey, yeah, yeah she couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that proves that there is a social media addiction of sorts, and she's yeah. got it. You know, yeah, absolutely. You see, uh, Rain Wilson's response was pretty no. funny. So uh, this was uh, two or three days ago, and he goes, "I've decided to quit Twitter. It's just too toxic and a time suck, degrading to my self esteem." I will miss all of my friends here. Goodbye forever. <laughs> Eleven minutes later, I've decided to return to Twitter. <laughs> I will not let my voice be silenced by the toxic bullies. So good to be back. It's a whole new chapter. That's so, great. Yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, I love nice it. lampooning. Exactly. Uh, a friend of mine and I were discussing recently of what band deserves a biopic treatment. Okay. And I have announcement of the one that I mentioned him that I thought would be perfect. Netflix is reportedly fast-tracking a deal for the first official Kiss biopic. Oh, wow. With the full cooperation of co-founders Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. Although, I'm honored to announce that I will be betrayed by Andy Cohen. Uh, although uh, still unannounced officially, Deadline reported that lude, 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 the lude. film titled Shout It Out Loud Shout Out Loud will be directed by Norwegian filmmaker uh, Joachim Ronning, best known for uh, Khan Tiki, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, and Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Those are some fine films. Uh, the script will be written by Ole Sanders. Uh, Deadline posted about the film, the band's concert arena anthems will be a big part of this, but the film will focus on that duo going back to when they were two misfit kids from Queens who formed an unlikely friendship. Starting Mommy, kiss, mommy can I have some money for the ice cream man? Uh, starting uh, Kiss after enlisting <laughs> guitarist Ace Freely and drummer Peter Chris. Trying to set themselves apart from the hair bands of the day, they accented their power chords and pyrotechnics with makeup. I made at, a doo-doo in my underpants. He said, at heart, their formative story is in the vein of the commitments. Interesting. If, if that Irish soul band employed makeup and spiked heels. So, so. they're going to they're gonna have a little bit of um, theatrical fun with it. Right? I would hope so, yeah. yeah you have to. They're it, a band that's over the top. It calls for it, for sure. But I, I and, and if they cover... The sexual exploits yes. of Gene and, yeah. and the band overall, yeah. it will be, you know, like the Dirt did some of that. It, it'll, it'll I loved be it. Over the top. And Machine Gun Kelly was awesome as uh, yeah. as Tommy. They really did a good job. This this is one where casting is going to be critical. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Uh, the 200,000 plus LeVar Burton boosters who signed a petition calling for him to be the new Jeopardy host. We'll get to see him try the job on for size. They yeah. said yes. They greenlit it. Yeah. Maybe we should take a crack at getting that. Uh, he's among the final group of guests to host uh, for the quiz show. Burton supporter sees the opportunity to launch an online petition for the actor, of course, who starred on Star Trek The Next Generation, Roots, and Reading Rainbow, to name a few. In his career, Burton is inspired. This is according to the uh, the release or to the petition. It said, Burton is inspired and shaped the minds of several generations of trivia-loving nerds. In an email, a spokeswoman for Burton said he believes the petition drive and social media interaction with fans were factors in the uh, invitation for him to be a guest host. I think we have a clip. We do have a clip of him being blown away by the results. Here we go. It's overwhelming, man. It it, it really is. And I got to feel that whether I get this job or not, I've already won. It's like, who would do that? Take time out of their day to go to a website, put in their name and an email address. I'm grateful. And the support, I got to believe they're listening. I mean, I have to believe that they're listening. You know, right? 
That's cool. You know, be cool though. Honestly, and I, they, that they may not have ever done anything stuntish like this, but Brent Spiner as Data as the uh, doing yeah. actually <laughs> that would be funny. That would be cool. He was so great. I love yeah. Jordy. I thought that was such a great character. Yes, absolutely. And, and he was Kunta Kente, right? Yes, he was. Roots. Yes, he was. Wow, man. Yes, man. Oh, man. Um, so uh, he is going to be going in at the, the tail end. Uh, some of the other ones that remained, uh, there are no dates as of yet, but George Stephanopoulos and Robin Roberts of ABC, David Faber of CNBC, and sportscaster Joe Buck are the other temp hosts getting one-week stunts. One more. Mickey Rourke. Uh, Mickey yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Could you imagine? This is a particular kind of bird. They should do like him <laughs> and Gary Busey yeah, oh and, and a few <laughs> others. <laughs> Get the, most, mean, yeah, the most train wreck guys. Ineloquent train wreck guys. Yeah. You would have to tune in for that without question. You see Mickey Rourke there with the rings on all of his fingers right. and his chain glasses, and he's still adjusting. I'm sorry, okay, I got lost my paper. You get Charlie Sheen out there. Oh my God. Freaking Daily Double. Right. <laughs> uh, that is wrong. Yeah. Uh, go big or go home, no. pussy. Charlie <laughs> calls him a Make it a true no. one. Oh, I guess you didn't want to make it a true one, you pussy. <laughs> uh, and all the categories are like, you know, Mercury, yeah. surfboard for whatever. Months. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> That's the potpourri category with yeah, Charlie right. goes. Right. Whatever. Uh-huh. Surf, Mercury surfboard. Yeah. Tiger's blood. <laughs> Silver rocket. War, famous warlocks. Warlocks. <laughs> a hey, duh. See you again. Not. <laughs> Not a duh. I'll uh, take a duh for 40. Mm-hmm. <laughs> duh. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kathy sent me this story. Uh, the 93rd uh, Academy Awards are this Sunday. Yes. And uh, this is uh, from 6ABC's website. Uh, they were shining a light on local stars going for Hollywood Gold and the first Oscar nomination for Allentown native Amanda Seyfried. Oh. She's up for Best Supporting Actress for her role in Mank. Uh, and she calls this moment a turning point in her career. Mank? Her confidence, yep. yeah. Uh, it was, she said it was a shock. Uh, she said from Mean Girls to Mamma Mia, Seyfried has been in more than 60 television series and movies. 20 years into her career, she's earned her first Oscar nod as her role as Marion Davies. Uh, she said, this just felt like a bonus, a massive bonus that I wasn't looking for and I wasn't expecting it, but I am freely welcoming that in. Uh, she's now married, uh, mother of two, living on a farm in the Catskills. That's where she calls I home. did not know that. Yeah. I didn't know she's from this area. Yeah, I didn't know that either. She said... Uh, the thinking was that I was uh, always going uh, to go back to nature. I grew up in the suburbs. And, of course, that was in Allentown where she says the support was strong. She said that grounds you and makes you feel like anything is possible. Also, my expectations weren't that high. I just knew uh, what I wanted to do. Nobody in Allentown ever made me feel like it wasn't possible. So she was living there in Allentown. <laughs> right there <laughs> when was. they were closing but all the factories. She down. got her start in uh, soap operas. So mm. I guess it was, you know, an easy ride from Allentown to yeah. New York City. Sure. And I've seen so I'd, I'd seen her prior to that. And then she was in, in Mean Girls and, mm-hmm. and then and had a few other films and, and A Million Ways to Die in the West case yeah what did we have her in for <sighs> we had her in for it was like 2000 oh it was the dear john thing with uh yes, yes. the nicholas sparks film. that's yeah. right yeah. yes yeah. Was, the, the, was it josh demel in that no was it was that uh, channing tatum oh channing tatum that's yeah right. were they here together they were. were they here together because we had channing twice right yes we did yeah. oh my god so is he top five 
of our friends? It might be. It depends. Um, my head hurts. Uh, by the way, for Oscar Sunday, Safe Reader and her family will travel from upstate New York to Los Angeles for the big night. So that'd be cool if uh, a gal to sell it down. I have virtually no interest in the oh Academy God. Awards. Right? right? Yeah. yeah. Same. Yeah. Does, does anyone? I, uh, no. Like, and and there's a, there is a roster of very sad, depressing movies. Right. You know, up for it, and it's, I, I don't know. Okay. I mean, it's coming off of a weird year anyway yeah. with, for movies. But I, yeah, Steve, I'm I'm with you. And normally, I like tuning in because there's one or two that I'm excited about. But and they're even saying that they're gonna, they're going to stay a political and a controversial and, and and not preachy, and it doesn't matter. I just really have no interest. Right. Uh, I love this. Netflix has renewed the game show. Floor is lava. Yeah. yeah! For a second season, <laughs> I just recently went back and watched a couple of episodes. It's fun. It's man. a if you lot haven't of seen fun. It, and who was the, the, the producer, local um, yeah, girl, the girl. Had on. she's great. I have forgotten her name. I do know that Rutledge Wood will be returning to host the show. Uh, the game popped up on Netflix when it premiered in June of 2020. And we were a few months into COVID at that point, so we needed something fun to watch, and that certainly was it. I love how when they fall in, that's it. You don't see them. They're I dead. <laughs> they, they, they do a little bit of creative editing. They warn them. Yeah, and they never, they never come, come back. But right. um, you... You may think, okay, this is not something I'm going to be into. But what you start to do is you start to break down the room. And when my wife and I are watching, it's like, no, no, they got, they have to get over to that thing, right? And then stand on that and make the jump. They can do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't go on the pyramid. Yeah, right. It looks easy, but it's, it's hard. Not. Yes. With Megan... this show, though, I think like with Double Dare, I always watched that and thought I could do that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm watching. I'm like, there's no way physically. Yeah. I tell you what, for for I'd video gamers, it. Preston, and for for uh, Tomb Raider fans, yeah, yeah I could uh, maybe yeah. I could. The only reason I don't. <laughs> think i could do is is when things get slippery right yeah, well that's yeah. what well, that makes yeah. the pyramid a bitch yeah yeah um and it's megan mcgrath by the way okay megan, yes uh so anyhow the according to the streamer to netflix 37 million members uh households tuned into the series first season in its first four weeks of the service floors lava joined love is blind and too hot to handle his notable unscripted hits for the platform during the second quarter of the company's fiscal 2020 by the way netflix revealed on tuesday uh, in its earnings report, that it is on track to spend $17 billion on content in this year, in this fiscal year. I don't doubt it. Which is a notable spike from $11.8 billion in 2020 when the pandemic halted television and film production across the industry. You remember Megan was telling us that they had to come up with a specific consistency to the lava yes, to, to make, make it, it work right. and yep. to have it keep that sort of red hue. One last streaming story, and then we'll move along. Disney and Sony Pictures yesterday announced a major licensing agreement that will bring both Library and upcoming film and TV titles to Disney Plus, Hulu, ABC, and FX, and other Disney-owned cable channels. Uh, the Pact, which covers everything from the Sony Spider-Man series, which right. was the Tobey Maguire yes. stuff, yeah. to Jumanji, is a sure sign as ever that Sony will not be launching its own streaming service. Oh. Uh, and it's interesting. Well, how, thank God. It's yeah. interesting how this works. So the deal gives Disney U.S. streaming and TV rights for Sony's new theatrical releases. From 2022 to 2026, and begins for each filming following its pay one TV window. Now, I'll explain this in a second because earlier this month, Sony and Netflix announced a deal that will see the studio's theatrical films sent to Netflix during the pay one window, which begins after movies leave theaters and have been released on DVD and video on demand. So, the way this will work is under the new deal, Sony's theatrical films will first go to theaters. Then to video on demand and DVD, then to Netflix, and then after a while they'll go to Disney. 
So it's going to go in that order. And these are the things that they're going to start to figure out how they're going to work. So <laughs> it's after con- so convoluted. After they've already spent time on Netflix yeah. and they go away, they'll be kind of part of this um, not quite gold library, but older what we call recurrence in, in radio. It'll go to a different category right. and then make its over uh, its way as a library to, to Disney, which Has is kind of interesting. Sony made the declaration to abstain from the simultaneous home and theater release? I haven't seen anything about that. I think it, they probably will just just go back to the theater thing is my uh, guess, but I, I don't know, Steve. There's some stuff, honestly, that and I understand why if you... Listen, if you're M. Night Shyamalan and you have something big and you want it to you, to be in the theaters, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. But there are some movies that I'm like, I am fine. Like, for example, if I had paid to see Wonder Woman 1984, you know, in the theater, I would have freaked, oh it, freaked out. Uh, so, additionally, the Disney-Sony deal will bring a significant number of Sony library titles to Disney's streaming services and TV channels, including the Jumanji and Hotel Transylvania franchises. Uh, most notably, they'll be having uh, a hold on the the Marvel titles, including Spider-Man. Library uh, titles will appear on Hulu beginning as early as this June. So, Come on. Whatever, man. Yeah. It's hard to keep track of it uh, all. You know, I, I stopped fighting. Yeah. Every service... That I- Every service that I got pissed off uh, about uh, having to add, pay extra for, I now end up loving. So I'm, I, I, I submit. I give up. Let's get to the clips. In the circle, players must choose whether to be themselves or other people while competing for a cash prize. And here, season two star Chloe uh, Vache talks about what it's like to be filmed on a reality show. I mean, you have to tell the producers whenever you want to go to the toilet. <laughs> so it's like, I just need to go to the toilet now. And then they kind of like turn the cameras around and like cut the mic and the audio so you can actually have some peace. But I think when you go on to a TV program, you need to expect to be recorded 24 hours of the day. Did you shut up? Uh, I've never heard of the show. Season yeah. two, week two of The Circle is streaming now on Netflix. What the hell yeah, is there it? Was, I, don't um, I don't know what it is, but there was a local person that Ooh. was, uh, I think he was from Conchhagen. So a, what What are they acting? I don't know. It's good looking people. They are good looking. I, yeah, I think I it was a mom and a son. Wait, let me see if that's it. That, that girl that you just read about, uh, Preston Chloe Veach, she was yeah. on that other show. So she's now a, uh, a reality show veteran. So she was on, you guys remember that show, Too Hot to Handle, that yes. came out last year? Yeah. She was on that, which was just one of the worst TV shows I've ever seen, and I couldn't stop watching it. <laughs> and then uh, now she's on this uh, piece of crap. All right, well, here is the next clip. In Honeydew, a young couple is plagued with visual hallucinations after taking shelter with a farmer and her curious son. Oh. In this clip, actress Barbara Kingsley Talks about how her experience in this business has helped her with her character traits. Well, I've been doing Uh. stage work for 46 years. And, you know, you you cobble from what you've got. Uh, I knew knew a limp was important. I knew I had to develop the limp such that I could do the length of the shoot and not injure myself. Vagina. Uh. (laughs) I need to do is now streaming on Amazon Prime Video and Apple TV. All right, we got to wrap right there. That's it. That's it. That's what I got for you in the entertainment report. We are going to get you some money, opportunity to win some money. $500 two times with us alone. It goes uh, seven times throughout the day here on MMR with the Presidency Money Club. That's on the way at 8, which will be there before you know it. Let's take a break, come back in a moment, and see what's going on.
Temple of the Dog at 30. Why it sounds different now. A deep dive into what went into the groundbreaking album by Beasley Managing Editor Brian Ives. Plus, see exclusive photos from their first concert at the Tower in 2016. And check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush with Burt Kreischer, live from Serbia. Very quickly, quickly, I just want to clear something up. Uh, yesterday, we had some fun with uh, Talk Like Bill Weston Day. Yes. And we didn't know why we were doing Talk by Bill uh, Like Bill Weston Day, other than we had gotten an email from uh, Katie Tucci, who's yeah. a, a longtime fan of MMR. And so she had said that she had gotten a um, an okay. alert in her calendar that said it was Talk Like Bill Weston Day. So we just had fun and ran with it a little bit. So here's the origin. I got an email from Katie. It says, I went back... And I listened to the podcast from this date last year. You had Ed Begley Jr. on. He mentioned low-hanging fruit. And after the interview, Nick mentions a congressman who said third leg of the stool. And then Preston says, I didn't realize that April 21st was talk like Bill Weston Day. There you go. She said it's at the two uh, hours and 15-minute mark on the podcast my apologies to Kathy, as I thought it was her who started the dialogue. It was Nick. So there you go. That is why I put in I put it in my calendar reminder. And she says, I've been a loyal listener to MMR since 1984. It was really cool, a cool day for me as a listener. I turned 50 last month, and that was like a birthday present, us mentioning that and doing that yesterday. Cool. She said, also, I wanted to thank all of you and uh, the rest of the air staff for making this very unnormal year of working from home more normal. Listening to WMMR while I work is my normal routine. So cheers to low-hanging fruit and three-legged stools and to Bill Weston for being the best program director at the best rock radio station in the country. You guys rock. Katie Tucci still working from home, she says. Somebody had written, may all your legs have three stools yesterday. I love that. That's excellent. So that was the origin of Talk Like Bill Weston Day. And by the way, uh, Marissa had posted a video that... I actually snuck this. I illegally filmed Bill one time <laughs> at a uh, at one of our jock meetings, and uh, because he was gest- gesticulating wildly, yeah, yeah. and then uh, Nick Murphy took uh, <laughs> some sound effects and uh, put put them to the audio. So if you it's want, it's our to see old conference that, room. Yep, it's uh, on our uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter accounts. If you want to uh, check that out. All right, so you know what? I think before we get to the end of the week, I need to bring you up to speed on the latest. Food news, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the connoisseur. Let's see if the connoisseur himself will remember to put on his puffy hat. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right, hang on. Connoisseur was upset because it doesn't quite fit over his headphones. I, 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 visually, it's what we love to see. I always forget about it. All right, Maybe you need to let that out, connoisseur. Why don't you, you put the hat on and then put the headphones yeah. over the hat? Why don't I, you do that? No, I don't think that'll work. I'm gonna, I'm, I'll stick with this. It's not so uh-huh. bad. <laughs> There we go. There you go. All right. Now I am the connoisseur. Steve, this story is for you. This came out earlier in the week. It might have even come out last week. And I didn't get a chance to get to it. But better late than never. K-pop. Yes. Uh, super, all the superstars BTS have partnered with McDonald's to offer the band's favorite order starting on May 26th. It's going to be called the BTS Meal. <laughs> uh, I know, Rob, I'm having lunch. Uh, they announced, uh, and they used, actually, the announcement, they used French fries to emulate the group's iconic logo. Uh, it actually looks pretty cool. <laughs> Come on. It includes a 10-piece chicken McNugget, 
medium fries, and a medium Coke, complete with sweet chili and Cajun dipping sauces. And the boys have good taste. Inspired by popular McDonald's South Korea recipes available in the United States for the first time ever. So these are the first times that South Korean McDonald's uh, menu items have ported over to the United States. I guess the sweet chili and Cajun dip. I don't know why yeah. the Cajun dipping sauces, but well, the sweet, it's a bit, you know, Cajun food comes from South Korea. The uh, sweet chili thing, but uh, that's what my daughter always gets: a ten-piece chicken nuggets, medium fries. She gets a medium Sprite usually, not a Coke, but it's pretty close. Uh, <laughs> she's but, not into BTS. Right? She's not into BTS. Yeah, that's at it all for now. little girls like me. No, she's going to be like a punk rocker. I think. Yeah. Uh, the BTS meal uh, will hit. The U.S. on May 26th participating restaurants and will be available globally in nearly 50 countries. Uh, and BTS's label Big Hits Music said in a statement, uh, the band has great memories with McDonald's. We're excited about this collaboration and we can't wait to share the BTS meal with the world. Uh, the <laughs> Some publicists wrote that and signed their name. The BTS collab is the latest installment of McDonald's famous orders program, which featured partnerships with Jay Balvin and Travis Scott, whose order marked the first celebrity meal at the fast food chain since Michael Jordan's 1992 McJordan burger. All right. I don't remember a McJordan burger. I don't burger. at all. I and I'm now curious yeah. as to what was on it. Maybe there was no bun on the top of it. Yeah, like he's bald. bald. Um, what would be your celebrity menu offering at McDonald's? You know what? I probably Steve, if they were to give me my own McDonald's, yeah, thing, <laughs> I would bring back the Mac Junior. The Mac Junior, which didn't last long no. at all. It was and, good though. And instead of two all beef patties, yeah, it was just one, I believe, mm. and didn't have that third piece of bread in the middle, which when I worked at McDonald's was called the club. Um and and it was a smaller version of of the Big Mac, easier to handle. I do remember it. I would probably go with that, and uh, you know, like a small fry or something along those lines. Mine is would would be considered, I'm sure, lame for a lot of people, but I stand by it. It's a double quarter pounder with nothing on it, no cheese, uh, nothing, nothing, completely naked. Uh, a large fry and a soda and or an iced tea. Okay, yeah, I like it. Maybe they'll. Uh, I know it's bland, but it's me starting on that. Uh, so the uh, uh, the Travis Scott meal included a quarter pounder with cheese, bacon, lettuce, pickles, ketchup, and mustard, medium fries with barbecue sauce for dipping, and a Sprite was accompanied by a popular merchandise line and led to a viral TikTok trend in which customers pulled up to the drive through blasting the artist hit song Sicko Mode. Sicko Mode? Yeah. So, so they could pull up blasting our podcast. Yeah, they could do that. What was the McJordan, uh, Nick? It had barbecue sauce, pickles, mustard, um... I remember serving it. I, mean, I was I was working at McDonald's really? when, it, when it became yeah, and, huh. and it was honestly it was like at the height of Jordan's fame, and and it was before he left the NBA to go play baseball for a little bit. So it was a huge seller. All right, so it was a it was a quarter pounder, yeah, but with uh, with bacon, barbecue sauce, onions, mustard, and pickles. I hated okay. when those things. We would have meetings at McDonald's to oh, roll out yeah. ingredients yeah. and all of the like you know when the when the Dick Tracy promotion happened. I remember the Dick I, Burger. No, well. <laughs> But it was, right? You remember that? It was big, right, Preston? Yeah. And, and then they had, they had the Big Dick Burger, too. Yeah, the Big Dick oh Burger. Oh, so my you had, God. You had, you had the Junior. Well, Dick Tracy. And then you had the Big Dick Burger. I'll have the Big Dick. Yeah. Yeah. It was... Uh, I'll have a double Dick Burger and... I think they gave away a million dollars with the Dick Tracy promotion, so that's why that was a big deal. And oh, like, that... I. It they, was huge. They yeah. dominated. They had, they had, they had it the, was everywhere. The Dick Tracy McDo- or Monopoly game, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember insane. that. Um, Dick Burger. I... 
I, I can't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> okay, it's all good. Oh, uh, I wanted to ask, uh, do you think the uh, way they're make, making the burgers is the same as when you worked there, Nick? Uh, Haven't they modified? You, you can get the option of, of, of a, of a hand-formed... Right, they, they, that was a big sell point for them I, for a while. I don't know how many... Uh, fresh, not frozen? Yes, fresh, not frozen. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know how much of an evolution that they have with the actual uh, grill on the back, though, Case. Like, to me, I th- Was think it a grill? It was like a flat grill. You know, like Burger King had the flame broiled Whoppers or whatever, so you could see the flames coming up in between the, the no, grill. No, but th- like a griddle? It was like, like yeah, actually yeah, like cooking, a frying on the griddle? Yep, yep yeah. Yep. Okay. They would use that for pretty much everything that they cooked back there, too. So it was it was the burgers, it was the fajitas, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Also, I, breakfast items. I heartily recommend, if you have not seen it, I've mentioned it a few times during the connoisseur segments, uh, the, the the People That Fed America, I think was the name of the, uh, the, the series on the History Channel. You get the background on everything, on the Whopper, on the Big Mac, on, and it's bizarrely riveting how they come up with these things and how they say, okay, people like this, but how do we mass produce this right. to feed the, the people who are coming in for it? And yeah. th- these are all the things that you have to juggle to make a successful fast food item. See, my go-to is a is a quarter pounder, but I, I don't like the onions, so, um, hmm. so, and it automatically comes with onions, so I'm, I'm getting... Get it naked like I do. Well, no, no, I like the cheese, but uh, so it's it's not necessary. Well, it is a complaint, but the the consistency at McDonald's is not like it's not uniform, and I and it's not a knock because I still go to McDonald's. Really? But like I can't stand. Well, see, you don't get cheese, so you don't know. You don't know my plight. Um, the cheese isn't melted. When I get my quarter pounder, it's not melted. So then I kind of have to let it sit on the burger for a little while, and I like to eat and and drive at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um. And what I found is that the burger is not hot enough on its own to melt the cheese to my Could liking. Could you drive and in your glove compartment keep one of those little caramelizing crème torches? I shouldn't have to. Just I shouldn't have to. I should get it the way I want it. Well, here's the reason for that, probably, Casey, is they, they've had to, instead of making the burger, with, which comes, you know, standard order, yeah. with, with the onions and mustard and ketchup and all that, and pickles and stuff that comes on that, that actually is going to sit there for just a little bit, and that's going to give time for that cheese to melt. Yeah. You're ordering one fresh like this. Yes. They've just slapped that cold cheese on there and wrapped it up and handed it to you. If you're going to order it that way, you're just going to have to wait. I submit to you, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, that Preston is right. Uh, Preston, you worked there, as did Nick. When the ketchup and the um, condiments are being placed on the burger, is there a an automatic squirting device, or is it yeah. old? There yeah, is. There was, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So the way, the way it worked, so it was it, you like this big. Con- uh, it was like a, a, a jug almost thing with a, with a hole on the bottom and a little trigger that you would pull, and you just go bang, 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 oh. bang, 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 bang. Yep. And it, and it kept it kept consistency, the so you weren't over squirting. Yeah. Yep. Like exactly. happens in adult films. It does. Right. Sometimes they squirt too much. Right. So, but did you careful. have a squirter, or like somebody who was just a squirter? Uh-huh. Uh No, I I'll had to do this. I had. <laughs> I, I Mister North, you'll be our squirter. <laughs> I had to put together the whole. I quarter pounders were my thing. That's what I had to do, and I had to put together oh. the whole burger. Myself. I was wondering why you were getting so defensive. Uh, I, I have to ask. <laughs> I'm not being defensive. You're being Gosh, defensive. why is he being so defensive? <laughs> All right, I have to ask this as well, connoisseur. Yep. Uh, as many as you were making, did you ever have one where you go, damn, that's a perfect, that's uh, a perfect Big Mac? I only worked at McDonald's for two weeks, so I didn't have enough time. <laughs> so when they had your, really your retirement party. Oh, my God, I it was, hated it. Steve hated it. It was assembly line work. You, oh. would, you would crank yeah. it. Well, would you have it, Nick? Would you, would you would... Yeah, you know when you would have it? When you weren't doing the assembly line stuff. Like okay. It went during slow times. When and, and listen, I learned to cook a little bit at McDonald's because you had access to yep. the grill. You had access to ingredients. And so when you can do stuff on your own outside of the rushes, you know, like th- that lunch rush from 11 to, <sighs> say, 1, 1.30. Brutal, right? Oh, my God. Brutal. It's, 
Uh-huh. It's nonstop. And when, you know, people are coming nonstop through the drive-thru, they know what they want. Casey, they, they have their specific order in mind. And so it's, I mean, that's what they're designed for. They want people to come in, get the food, and get the hell out. Nick, did you ever have a school bus pull into the parking lot? Oh, my lot? God. <laughs> and, uh, are you kidding? Bus? Oh, dude. Oh, my God. It would be like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's they all would sound the alarm. Oh, my God. There's a bus in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. It was like Pearl Harbor, Kathy. All of a sudden, the alarms start going off, and everybody gets Yeah, naval stations. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, so Nick, so you have a bus full of kids. Oh, my God. How how do you... how do they process that you, kind of order? You panic. <laughs> yep. You start making, literally, Steve, what you start to do is make everything, everything. on the menu. Mm-hmm. You you start, all right, really? we're going to need 60 Big Macs. We're going to need 60 mm-hmm. Quarter Pounders. And you do that knowing that some of those are going to end up in the bin afterwards and you're just going to hang on for a while. Yeah. All right, so uh, one last question because I'm fascinated by McDonald's <laughs> and all this. When you do the French fry thing with the with the, the, the trough or the, the, the yeah. handheld the trough. I was on fries what, for a What do they call yeah. it? The basket. All right, the basket. Yeah. So when you, would, when you pour it into the container... Would the goal be to get them all in a vertical thing as per the advertisements? No, no. The goal was to have them uh, cook right on time, not ha- not stay in the deep fryer uh, a second longer than right. they needed to be. Um, one time I got demoted from cashier to third <laughs> fry guy. My job was to stay. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. You were the backup to the backup? It was, it was an inspection day, and yeah. I was not fast enough or, I don't know, pleasant enough at the cashier. So not only was I not first or second fry guy, I was the guy that took the frozen fries from the freezer, dumped <laughs> them into the baskets. I didn't get to then put them in the basket oh. or into the deep fryer, and then somebody else got to bag them wow. and bring them to the cashiers. All right, we're not gonna. We, we have other yeah. connoisseur stories, but I want to go to Michelle. She's an <laughs> assistant at McDonald's, uh, and it's been a long time since Nick and I have worked there. Hi, Michelle. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Wonderful. You wanted to comment on the quarter pounders, Michelle? Well, I was an assistant GM about three months ago, and the quarter pounders are now coming in not frozen. They're okay. not frozen. They're fresh, and they're put on the grill as soon as they're ordered, and then you have to wait for it, and then when they come off the grill, they put the cheese right on them, and then they go right out the door. So that's why it's not time. There's not enough time for the cheese to melt before you get it. Right, and if you and the, the, you could use, like, like a liquid cheese, which would not be good. No. And, and, and no. obviously you can't be grilling the che- putting the cheese on the grill because yeah. that mucks things up. And the heat will eventually melt it. It's just going to take yeah. a couple of minutes. Well, I usually order a six-piece nugget to buy me some time. I'll kill some time by eating these nuggets. I'll have a couple of... I'll have... 10 or 20 nuggets. <laughs> now look at my mouth, my jaw working. And, and Michelle, like we were just talking about when a school bus, I mean, it hasn't happened in a while, obviously, but when a bus pulls into the parking lot, have you been working there long enough to see that happen? And you freak out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You literally freak out. You go, bus, and everybody screams. Bus! Yeah. You yell, bus. It's like, oh it's God, like general so quarters yeah. on a battleship. It really is. Yeah. I never knew Bus! Bus! <laughs> Thank you, Michelle. Yeah. Bus! Bus! Yeah. Bus! <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's move on to something else in the food files of the connoisseur. Well, we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna stick with something that's that's fast food oriented and it's French fries. Uh, oh, but yeah. apparently, uh, the russet Burbank is a potato variety grown in North America, which is widely yeah. widely used to make French fries and is believed to be. Uh, the type of potato that McDonald's uses, but farmers in the potato-growing state of Idaho rely on water from melting snow in the mountains to irrigate the crop, and climate change is leading to less snow, which melts more quickly. 
uh, affecting the growth of the potatoes, they're saying. Oh, no. Hot, dry weather can also influence the way potato uh, the potato grows and ultimately mm. how it tastes and looks when served. So the Russian is the perfect French fry potato is what it's uh, believed to be? The I case? guess so, All yeah, right. yeah. Uh, so some researchers have already started working on creating hybrid potato varieties uh, which are more resistant to climate change. We make uh, we make fries at home from time to time. Uh, it's a lot of work. Just it? by baking them, though. Oh, do you? Um, no, and, it's and, easy, right? And we use russets. Yeah, and they're not going. Do you make them from scratch? They, uh, yeah, but yeah. they're 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 not going to taste quite like you know yeah. the, the type you get at, at fast food restaurants. But I think they're really good. It's just salt and pepper and, and oil, and and you put them. In the oven at like I don't know four four twenty five or something like that. You don't blanch them first, or don't blanch them. No, no. now you can. You do Sophia that. them <laughs> if you're going to fry them. I think. Okay, well, these, uh, these, yeah. these are being baked, and I love them that way. They're I really can good. even cook that. Yeah, you could. No, you no, can't. you can't. No, I do. I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's easy. So you just cut up a potato into into sticks into yeah. fry shapes and Tonight, and bake the story them. Story of a four alarm fire. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Making effort that resulted in disaster. <laughs> now, you guys know I'm honest about uh, my cooking abilities, yeah. and this is something that French I can fries actually are good. that I can actually do. Yeah, but they're right. like Preston said, they're not. I mean, they're I, not I, good. Bobby Flay said I sell them to Jace's fries. But <laughs> okay, they're not really. They're just <laughs> well, they're good. Well, Bobby, Bobby Flay said take regular, you know, frozen potatoes, and you can prepare them in a way French fries and prepare them. Yeah, and skip up the game, right? Or am I misremembering that case? We asked him one time. I don't remember. Frozen should you make them from scratch or yeah uh by the way in another in a um a related story uh more on shortages but this affecting your barbecue plans this summer according to new reports I'm tired uh, of shortages pork products could be in short okay supply. i'm okay with that uh and that's bacon though dude i know uh, and this could well, we got be turkey bacon could be made worse that's true as uh restaurants reopen and people start having more social gatherings unfortunately there's reportedly been a shor- shortage of hogs uh, for over a year now. Got a hog in my pants. You're thinking of penis. <laughs> uh, the problems stem from the pandemic, which saw several processing plants and farms shut down due to outbreaks. I remember one in specific. Yeah. Uh, where a bunch of people were, were uh, coming down with COVID and they had to shut down their pork pro- uh, processing plants. Uh, and also those that remained open still had to deal with staffing issues also related to the pandemic. Uh, food and agricultural economist uh, Isaac Oliveira says that the supply chain is already being stressed and the problems aren't likely to be fixed by summer. A uh, shortage on these products could also mean that summer bacon, uh, traditional deals and sales on pork products may be scarce this summer. So it'll be interesting to see if that ends up being the case. We do pork tenderloins uh, do you? quite a bit. Yeah, because they're, they're, um, a lot of times you'll find them in the, in the stores. Uh, they've been uh, with various marinades. They're real right. easy to make, and, and my, my family loves them. So we're regular on uh, pork tenderloins. So, and they're real tender and yummy. Yeah. And so, had me a ham. Yeah. A thumbs up on Summer that. pork chops had me a blast. Summer pork chops happen so fast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Met a pig crazy for me. <laughs> you caught me off guard. All right. Uh, Dairy Queen. Let's go to some, uh, let's have dessert now. Okay. Uh, so are you a Dairy Queen guy? Uh, very much mm-hmm. so. We, because we have one nearby us. So we so. have one not so nearby us, but I went out on a special mission for my wife to get their, what are their blizzards? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. She loves them. Yeah. You know. Which, uh, anyone specific? We, oh, I think I got one of everyone for her to um, yeah. to to sample, and we had some other people over, and, and they do the thing where they make it, and then they turn it upside down. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I just, I even like, just like the regular straight-up vanilla cone there. Uh, this, this, I feel uh, like. Soft-serve ice cream is great. I only get the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup Blizzard. That's the only one that I get, and I, every time I go there, I want to branch out, but I'm like, mm, but I love it, and I know that I, <laughs> I know Most that I love Most times I just it. get a, a, a plain vanilla cone. I love them. I want to hear the story, and then I have a complaint. Okay, all right. All right. So here's here's the deal. It does have to do with blizzards. Uh, they have a new uh, summer blizzard treat menu. Summer blizzard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. You let me know when I can jump in. Here. <laughs> Go ahead. All right, so the lineup includes, here, here are the flavors. Girl Scout Thin Mints. Ooh. You cannot go wrong with that. Thin Thank Mints. You. Thin Mints. Go ahead. Trifoils. Wait, wait. Start from the beginning. Okay. Hang on. You got Girl Scout Thin Mints, Brownie Batter, Raspberry fl- Fudge Bliss, and Nestle Drumsticks. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, there's more. Oh, there's more? Okay. Well, so got- that is the one I would have. Nestle Drumstick with Peanuts. My favorite. Uh, ice what cream novelty say? to buy at the grocery store is our drumsticks. <laughs> uh, net, net, the uh, Nestle drumstick with peanuts. You know oh. drumsticks? Yes, I do. I right. And you penis. found those little mini ones, too. Yeah, the itty-bitty ones. <laughs> uh, also, frosted animal cookie. I will tell you this. Oh, no. Okay, keep going. And cotton candy. I, I To me, I, I tap out on most of that. If you jam too much crap into my ice cream, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy. I'll take a couple of additions. Mm-hmm. The most elaborate I get as far as jamming stuff into my ice cream would be something on the order of like our own um, Gadzooks yeah. and or um, the fish food casing. Um, Sometimes it just gets too complicated. It's too much. You, you're putting too much in it's there. Complicated. It's complicated. I agree. <laughs> yep. Like just a regular vanilla or chocolate, maybe one that thing is added. My, you are so right because my my defining thing is it's how I judge any place. What are your base flavors like? And then that's how you know if it's going to be a good place. Now guys, next complaint. You guys right. are defining my complaint, and here here's the counterpoint to it, uh, or, or the counter product, I should say. Rita's has the concretes, right? And I got that Reese's mudslide, Casey. It's the counter, you know, their product for, right. uh, to, you know, to compete with the Blizzard. It's too damn good. It was ridiculous amount of sweetness and Reese's stuff and ice cream packed into, I don't know, 16 ounces of uh, pure sin. Yeah. And I felt like a, a bitch afterwards. R- I, I, really? It, oh, my God. Were you there crying was, naked in the corner? There was so much chocolate crammed in there. It was, I mean, it, listen, every bit of it was delicious. But I could have had four bites and been fine. Right, man. When you have to talk to a crisis counselor, yeah, I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you. I like the I like the more generic ones. Yeah, I just I can't believe ones. your complaint is that it's too yummy. Well, yeah, he does make yummy. a point. It's, it's, too it's good. like they're enabling. It, yeah. It's like when you open up a heroin shop outside of a rehab facility. I downloaded the Lose It app. You guys have talked about it for years, mm. and then I, so I've been pretty good for about a week, and then I went to Rita's, and I was like, well, I might as well throw this entire phone out. Yeah, have you ever? Go. Will you even go near those places that have the milkshake with the half with the full brownie and that piece of cake and the like no. the, there's the place in the city that has it. The um, yeah, Maris, you know the, I know the, what you're the about. super milkshake. Yeah, with all- the only time I'll do something like that is if I'm at like a sit down dinner. You know, like I don't, I won't do that. How could you? How can you eat, eat your dinner and, and then, then eat, eat that? that? I always leave room. <laughs> I always leave room. There, I I make sure that there's room for soup. Oh, yeah. Wait, room for soup, <laughs> yeah. entree, dessert. That and is your oh, dessert. Wait, wait. Oh. Preston, you left out the six warm-up nuggets. No. Uh, that is for the car, Steve. Oh. Soup, always. Okay. Appetizer, if it uh, strikes my fancy. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I, I, I rarely finish my uh, entree. 
Okay. Because, and then if there's bread pudding on the menu. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I am definitely going to the bathroom to make some room, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. You're going to go rub one out real quick, right? No. Okay. No. Oh, no. Well, maybe. No. All right. I have one last story. Okay. Sorry. We're, we're going to move on because I want to squeeze in one more, and then we got a break because we're going to get ready for the money clip. All right. In honor of Pride Month this year, which is in June... Uh, Kellogg's and Glad have come up with have come together to introduce a new cereal, and it is called Together with Pride, and aims to celebrate everyone having a seat oh. at the table and show support for the LGBTQ community. Okay, what's the flavor? Uh, the cereal looks like Fruit Loops that have been pressed into heart shapes, so it's going to have the rainbow. All right. Appeal to are it. Are they Fruit Loops, basically? I believe so. So the colorful pieces are berry-flavored and topped with edible glitter. <laughs> so, yeah. Did you but, see the Tony's new commercial? No. I'm gay! Uh, you'll be able to find the cereal at select retailers nationwide beginning in mid-May. Yeah, this edible glitter, um, I just... Is it good? I don't know, but uh, over New Year's, <laughs> I had it. My friend put it in... Um, Edible glitter. In champagne, yeah. This is going to revolutionize the stripping industry. And then, like, added it to the rim of the drink. So it Okay. Was like oh, a, I mm-hmm. could see that. Like, like you would do with Salter. Now, is it similar to, like, decorations you see on a cake or something like that? Yeah, it's just... Okay. I mean, yeah, it's just... It's like... Um, I'm not... I don't know. What, well, what is in it? It's just like sugar, but yeah. it's sure, like, a glass. somehow it comes, you know, they're making it sparkly to make it look like it's uh, glitter. Okay. So that will be uh, coming out in mid-May in celebration of Pride Month in uh, June. So. I like the box, uh, the design. They've got uh, a number of the characters there all looking happy. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm down with this. Nice. Good for them. All right. Uh, one more thing. One more thing for the connoisseur. Yeah. It's deflating. Let's go. With the, is it deflating? Just a bit. Okay. Uh, IHOP has created a new bacon obsession menu mm. uh, that this features... This is at a bad time, you just said earlier. A bacon the chain describes as five times thicker than its regular bacon. Mmm, and veiny. Uh, the, uh, you kind of put your hands up like, what's the point? Yeah, well, bacon being thin is what makes it bacon. I agree. I like a thinner bacon. Well, well Canadian I, I, I like bacon it. is... Are they talking about Canadian bacon? No, they're talking about regular, you know... Bacon bacon? Slab bacon, but I... Uh, I prefer you because you can get what what they call a yeah. hearty cut. Yeah. Uh, but but Casey, I like the I like yeah. the thin, crispy. I agree. Kind of crumble in your mouth. Yes. Uh, crispy, bacon. crispy, crispy. Mm-hmm. Do Americans call it American? Ba- I mean, do uh, Canadians call it American bacon? That's a good question. Who they very well those? might. Yeah. yeah. Freaking oh. Canadians and <laughs> freaking Canadians. And I think the, is is Canadian bacon back bacon or is that and something they're different? Pretty yeah, similar, right? it, yes, very similar. Okay. In fact, they may be exactly the same thing, but it but it is. Um, it's almost like like on the Yumbo, the Burger King breakfast sandwich, they mm. had Canadian bacon, which mm-hmm. was basically a round bacon patty. And well, it's on an Egg McMuffin, too. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yep. Of course. Um, of course. The new bacon can be ordered alone, and it's also featured on new menu items such as the Steakhouse Premium Bacon Burger and the Maple Bacon Milkshake. What? So I assume they probably put, you know, bacon crumbles on that. I don't think they blend up, you know. Does each Pieces meal come with a defibrillator? I don't know. Uh, the new bacon will be available June. Uh, won't be available until June thirteenth. <laughs> Look at this picture of the menu items. Wow! I mean, for Christ's sake, that yeah. has got to be fifteen thousand calories. Yeah. Uh, some other new menu items include the oh, looks good candied bacon pancakes, the steakhouse BLT bacon lovers combo, 
and the Oreo and bacon waffle sundae. You know my dilemma with pancakes, right? Among others. I love them, and yet I, I, I can't bring myself to have them for breakfast. Uh, it, to me, it is literally like having a piece of cake, devil's food cake. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, uh, I just can't do it. Uh, I do from time to time. I got to yeah. be in the right mood. But I'm usually in the mood for savory more than sweet. Early right. In the You've morning. been going to the shore a lot more lately. Have you been to Uncle Bill's yet? I don't think they're open yet. Oh, really? Okay. Right, Case? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure. But the answer is no. There's well, also uh, Doc Mike's is down there as well. That's sort of a, a shore chain. And they're Big both, pancake uh, place? Uh, yeah, Doc yeah. Mike's and Uncle Bill's. are bo- <laughs> Uncle Bill's is the full title is Uncle Bill's Pancake House. Oh. I might go there, but I probably won't go for like the breakfast rush because yeah. I know it gets no, insane. It does. Well, so I, got I, a spot I might for do you. like an afternoon thing. You got a spot for me? Yeah, I got All a right. spot for Casey you. Casey has <laughs> scoped it out for a couple of years. No, there's an Uncle Bill's near the villas that isn't as hidden. Oh, okay. Well, it's not hidden. It's on a major thoroughfare, but 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 Casey knows. About but it. I know. But not a lot of people go there because right. it's the same thing. Like I have been to Uncle Bill's right. and I've waited outside of Uncle Bill's for like forty five minutes. I'm like, for- <laughs> yeah. like, just for pancakes, man. He's outside. That's what it sticks. <laughs> Being in a line. Let me in! <laughs> I think I told you guys this before, but uh, my friend from college, just like Arani said, yeah. friend, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we we used to get shore houses and we would live down there. And we went to Uncle Bill's. We waited for like forty five minutes to oh an hour. God, we finally yeah. got a a table. We sat down and and you know it was the next morning after going probably to the Princeton until two a.m. <laughs> and the waitress said, "Can I get you coffee?" And she goes. Do you want me to ask my pants? <laughs> Are you still drunk? Did you just say that to our waitress? Wow. And she's like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know why." I said that. Funny. Oh my god. That's all I remember about Uncle Bill's. All right, so they got bacon. They're going bacon crazy at IHOP. That's the last story I have for you. Is the connoisseur this morning? Yes, it can. Hopefully, you got something out of that. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment. We got your chance to win five hundred dollars yeah. at our first uh, money clip contest. Of the morning and uh, bizarre file too. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme has everything you need to prep for this summer season. And now, order all your season essentials online at acmemarkets.com. And an experienced Acme associate will carefully pick and pack your order and bring the groceries right to your car. It's fast and easy with Drive Up and Go at Acme. Visit AcmeMarkets.com to start shopping now and get $20 off your first online order. Acme, fresh foods, local flavors. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. 93.3 WMMR. It's time for a Preston and Steve money clip. Now, here's your money clip keyword. Believe it or not, that was Ty Pennington. (laughs) All that noise. All right, so your money clip word is win. Three letters, easy. W-I-N. 
and you enter that. You have until 15 minutes after the hour to get it to us. Three ways for you to do that. You can text it to the special contest short code number, which is 45911. Or if you'd like to be entered for the $10,000 grand prize, do it via the MMR app or at WMMR.com. So again, the word is win. One random entry wins $500 in our company-wide contest. That person gets called from Beasley, so make sure you answer your phone. The contest rules are available at WMMR.com. Sponsored by Hyundai City. The word Win. W-I-N. Good luck. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. And it's sponsored by Mulch Works of Aston. They offer the highest quality mulch and topsoil that is manufactured on-site. And they also have leaf compost, decorative stone, pavers, and more. Mulch Works has delivery or pickup for residential and commercial markets. Visit mulchthis.com for details. Well, the athens Clark County Fire Department responded to a shocking scene early Friday morning after a massive house party led to a floor collapse. Oh, this, man. All while COVID is still going on, mind you. The department was notified of an incident around 1 a.m. when they received information on the unusually large number of people inside the home. Uh, the response was upgraded to include an engine rescue truck and a battalion chief. Uh, police were already on the scene with uh, fire crews when they arrived, working to remove victims from within the structure. Ambulances were also on the scene, and the nature of the emergency led to another fire response upgraded with an additional rescue truck and battalion chief requested. <laughs> First responders had a difficult time getting close to the home, a two-story house over a high crawl space, due to the large number of vehicles and people blocking the street. I mean, there were hundreds of in, people in the house. Party. Yes. Reports said that a majority of the first floor had collapsed into the crawl space beneath under the weight of a severely overcrowded party. Jeez. Fire crews and medical teams treated around 25 people with a variety of injuries, including scratches and cuts to potentially broken arm. However, no patients were transported by EMS, most either driving themselves or being taken by friends to local area hospitals. Estimates put the size of the party at nearly 500 people. 500 people inside on the floor. Captain Nate Moss said of the County a lot of people. Fire and Emergency Services Department, many times overcrowding can result in collapses of decks and flooring, especially in older structures. The thing that helped in this case was the lack of elevation because they only went through a crawl space. Right, right, yeah. Uh, these folks should consider themselves fortunate, he said. Have you ever been on a deck or at a place where you thought, I'm not sure about yeah, this floor? I have. Yeah, and I've left it's because scary. it's scary. It ain't worth it. Yeah. yeah. A runner talked his way out of a face-off with a large bear that pursued him for several minutes in Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming. So what are we going to do? <laughs> a showdown the runner captured in a three-minute video that went viral. Evan Matthews said that he often sees bears on his runs, but none had dared to come this close. He said, this one was interested in me, so I had to change its mind. Rather than use his bear spray, which he deemed a last resort, Matthews opted to reason with his ursine inquisitor. In the video, the cinnamon phase black bear is seen stepping out of the woods and onto a road despite Matthew's stern objections. He's saying, hey, no. He said, I don't care if you're hungry. I'm not your food. So you're saying that mm, I could be in the cell <laughs> of a larger being that is the universe? Yes. Whoa. That's a mind blower. That's Whoa. what he did. He had to blow his mind. Whoa. Uh, the bear continued to advance, and Matthew says, sure, we could we could take a walk if you want. Uh, but I you, like that. He said, you don't get any closer, though. 
Uh, one, this has been great. Thank you so much. Uh, Matthews chose to uh, stay in contact with the bear because it was a, a black bear and because he said a solo bear with this much interest in a person is not trying to eliminate a threat, is trying to find an easy target. And he said, don't be one. Matthews uh, retreated backwards towards his car and continued talking to the bear, seeking to convince him that uh, he was human and not to be mistaken with any other animal. He said after stalking the runner for half a mile, the bear ran back into the woods. Do me a favor. Leave me your email. And Matthew said that was exciting, by the way. It is pretty cool, but dangerous. Yes. A public sector worker described as the king of absentees by the Italian press is said to have been broke who's said to have broken the national record by allegedly skipping work for 15 years. 15 years of never attending work? Mm-hmm. Wait, straight? Yeah, police say the hospital employee continued to be paid a monthly salary amounting up to a total of $538,000 despite not turning up for work at the uh Puglisi uh, uh hospital. So what was his uh, job since 2005? Well, let me give you the background yeah. on this. The the uh the guy who's 67 faces charges of abusive office forgery and aggravated extortion. Six managers are also being investigated on suspicion of having played a role in enabling his alleged absenteeism which is rife in Italy's public sector. In an investigation codenamed part-time Police gathered their evidence from uh, attendance and salary records as well as witness statements from colleagues. In 2005, the man is alleged to have made threats against the hospital director to stop her from filing a disciplinary report over his absenteeism. The director then retired, and the man's absenteeism continued unabated because his his attendance was never checked by the director's successor or the human resources department. So checks would just keep getting cut even though he wasn't showing up. Correct. Would he show up for, like, Christmas parties and stuff like that? I don't think so. Do you work with us? In 2016, the government tightened a law against the uh, work shy after several high-profile police investigations revealed just how rampant absenteeism was across the public sector. 15 years. In one investigation, police used secret surveillance cameras to ensnare 35 workers... Uh, in a town hall who had been cheating uh, the time management system for at least two years. The wives of two of the employees were caught using their husband's staff cars to clock on for them, while other staff members clocked on before uh, going canoeing, shopping, or out with friends. In another case, a traffic police officer who lived in the same building he worked in was filmed clocking in his underwear before going back to bed. So apparently it happens quite a bit. But this guy had threatened somebody. Oh, that's amazing. And then they just stuck with it. Amazing. All right, I love this story. This is not a news story. It's from Facebook. It's from a woman named Carrie Griffin. And I'm going to read you what she posted All right. in the picture. She wrote, Caden, uh, which is her son, completed his sixth grade science fair project this past weekend and tackled the challenging task of answering the Internet's most burning question. Drum roll, please. Does your cat's butthole really touch all the surfaces in your home? <laughs> oh, my God. It's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she said, we had a lot of fun with this. As a disclaimer, no cats were harmed in the process of this science project. Non-toxic lipstick was applied to their bum-bums. They were then given a series of commands. Sit, wait, lie down, and jump up. She said both cats have been trained since kittenhood with a variety of commands, and they also know how to high-five, spin around, and speak. They were compensated with lots of praise, pets, and their favorite treats, and the lipstick was removed with a baby wipe once we collected our data in just under 10 minutes. And she said his results and general findings were, 
Long and medium hair cats, buttholes, made no contact with soft or hard surfaces at all. There you go. Short-haired cats made no contact on hard surfaces, but we did see evidence of a slight smear on the soft bedding surface. Conclusion is, if you have a short-haired cat and they may be lying on a pile of laundry, an unmade bed, or other soft, uneven surfaces, then their butthole may touch those surfaces. It's a risk I'm willing to take. She said, so there you have it. Chances are uh, chances are favorable that your cat's butthole has not and will not touch all of the things and surfaces in your home. But what a great idea for a science project. To check it out, absolutely. Smart. Dennis used to call it the poop stamp. The cat would sit on the windowsill, and then we would see, like... <laughs> no. Like, yeah, oh, little yeah. A little smear. A little poop stamp. Really? Wow. Yeah. Man. Which it was, one, listen, it was... Your old cat, right? It was when he got older, yeah, that, so it I don't happens. know. There yeah. Hell, uh, when I sit down, there's a poop stamp. <laughs> and there you go. That is what I have in the bizarre file for you. You got less than five minutes to get the word win over to us. It's the money clip. The word is win, W-I-N. If you don't get it this time... Don't worry, we got it again at 10 and then noon and 2 and 4 and 6 and 8 p.m. today. Plenty of chances, but don't miss your opportunity. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in just a moment. And am I giving one of these away? We have so many prizes. All right, here's what we're going to do. A pair of passes to see for caller number 10, uh, the action event of the year when Mortal Kombat worldwide phenomenon comes to life. So caller number 10, 215-263-WMMR will be in theaters and streaming exclusively on HBO Max tomorrow. It's rated R. We'll be back in a second. Stay with us. The Preston and Steve Small Business Love You, Help You line. Hello, Preston and Steve. This is Chris from Pedal Pad, a local company owned by two brothers in Coatesville, Pennsylvania, near the VA hospital. Phil and I create handcrafted custom pedal boards for musicians, and we make it simple to pop the top and play anywhere. Our pedal boards are made from the highest quality materials in the industry. Check us out at pedalpad.com or our new commercial, Where's Tim? question mark, on YouTube. Give your pedals a home. Thanks, President Steve. Next message. Hi, this is Barb. I'm calling from Extra Boutique. My daughter Sarah and I, we want to invite you to come out to the 500 block of Fayette Street in Conshohocken to support our two-year-old women's boutique and our neighbors, Brunch Every Day and Fab Hair Salon. We're doing our best this place and our doors open and the community strong. Mention WMMR when you visit and we'll give you 10% off your purchase at Extra. Follow us at Extra underscore Conti. Have a great day. The Love You, Help You line. Shop local because small business needs our help. Find out more at PrestonandSteve.com. 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Sponsored by DellAutoGroup.com, where Jack really does sell them for less. A bunch of things to to talk about. I've realized that I have um, kind of a FOMO when it comes to... um, all these stories that I collect throughout the week, and I hate yes. when I miss out on sharing something I with agree. the audience. Yeah, and so I want to go through a, a bunch of different things that I found that when I think are worth news talking breaks about. to and trust. It's it's very junk drawerish, and I know we did the junk drawer yesterday. In fact, that's exactly what it is. But I did technically notice these things. You did. Right. Right. If you want to go into that, we could easily do that. Notice that things would be really appropriate for the junk drawer. Now, one of the things that you may have noticed is I'm not really a football fan. Um, I mean, I it's I'm, not your sport of choice. No, I know the game. I you know I can watch football. I, but what I can't tell you is, you know, who all's on the teams, coaches, yeah. players, trades, stuff like that. I, I, I don't follow any of that stuff. How do you get a home run? But I was intrigued by this story. Um, the NFL owners approved a series of new rules yesterday, uh, including expanded booth to official communication 
and loosen restrictions on who can wear which jersey numbers. All right, oh, so yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, booth. So you saw the jersey thing. Right? I knew the jersey right, thing. What's the was jersey in, thing? Well, so all right, position wise, you are only allowed to pick jersey numbers um, and uh, per position, right? So like, uh, like single why, single digits. Yeah, or like for quarterbacks, kickers only, right? right. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, like wide receivers are like in the eighties and the yep. teens. Okay, so, so this is, here's I'll do that quick, and then I'll go all to right. the other, which I think is a more significant change, but. Um, yeah, so previously on the quarterbacks, kickers, and punters like Casey was saying were allowed to wear single-digit numbers. The rule change will allow running backs, tight ends, fullbacks, and halfbacks, and wide receivers to wear numbers 1 through 49 and 80 through 89. So they're going to get a grab at some of those single digits if that's, they want to. That's kind of cool. Is it cool or does it confound or confuse things? Well, it might confuse things, uh, but I, listen. Why doesn't everyone have the same number on the field? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. The Here's the thing. Nobody wants, like, the, there are some boring numbers, right? So, like, running backs don't want to be running around, in, like, wearing number 62, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you don't have to really worry about that, right? So the 60s and 70s, those are meant for your your linemen, right? And, and I don't think anybody wants those. All right, here's a question. Nick, in hockey, um, generally the defensemen wear the lower numbers, uh, and the, uh, you know, the goal scorers are where those, uh, the, the larger numbers, you know, Gretzky was 99, um, 88, 88 was, uh, um, Lindros. Uh, Lindros. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe he's on my phone. Jake, Jake Vortex. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Vortex 93. 93. Yeah. So, uh, is that just a, that's not a rule, is it? No, it's, it's just kind of what they, it's tradition. Yeah. Like Mark Howe was number two, but yeah. goalies. Okay. What's the purpose? Yeah, yeah. Goalies well, are well, often, uh, like in the thirties. However, Bernie part was, num- Bernie Pront was number one. So, um, okay. I think honestly it's it, Casey, it's probably similar to football where it's just kind of like, it's sort of been done this way. Most of the history of the sport, so people continue to do it that well, way. Well, this is an actual rule. Lindros would be calling his phone. So, so what? What is? Is there a? Is there an actual functioning purpose of the number delineation? Might be just easier to keep track of yeah. of uh, of who's out there and who's on the play, right. who's making certain plays. So That's what it seems. Linebacker, here's a def- defensive backs can choose from one to forty nine. Linebackers can use one to fifty nine and ninety to ninety nine. Offensive linemen can pick 50 to 79. Defensive linemen are able to wear 50 to 79 and 90 to 99. Quarterbacks, punters, and kickers will remain in the 1 to 19 range. Okay. All right. So, so uh, Jalen Hurts was number two last year, and he, he switched his number to number one. Which is kind of cool. I don't. I. I. I think that was his. He number. got a promotion. No. Well, he promoted himself. <laughs> He's like, I'm number one. Yeah. Uh, but I believe he was that number when he was the quarterback for Alabama. Was uh, uh, Tony Franklin number one, the kicker for the Eagles back in the day? I don't remember. I, I think have no he idea. Was. All I know is that my brother, uh, when he used to get off of the bus, would take his shoe and sock off because yeah. he, he was a barefoot kicker. Hell yeah. Uh, well, uh, let me ask you. Can what? we can we bump up to three digits? Yeah. Could you? <laughs> Could the quarterback be 248? Why would your brother do that when he got off the bus? Well, because we went to Catholic school. You couldn't take your shoes off at okay. school. So the second he got off of that bus, he Dude. took his right shoe and sock off and would oh, like home from in the bus. In honor of this guy? He loved that guy, yeah. Dude, I, I do the same thing. Yeah. Any second now. When I was a kid. It's off! Man, you would take your shoe and sock off and you would kick the ball and it would hurt like a mother effort. Hell yes, it would. No I tried way. it. But I was Tony Franklin in that very moment. And you'd do it? Oh my God, yeah. God, that would, to me, that would sting I, like a bandit. Dude, listen, especially hurts. in those colder months, dude. Yeah. You're yeah. kicking the ball in, in November, December. No and way. Es- and especially those kicking balls. I mean, yeah. the, in the NFL, they're they are absolutely pumped tight. Remember the baseball catcher Hank Gurkin who used to just catch it with his mouth? Yes. I mean, for God's no, sake. So, okay. <laughs> All right. And then uh, the other rule that was set, uh, which is interesting, 
Uh, league uh, owners had rejected stronger calls for a full-time sky judge, uh. including one proposal from the Baltimore Ravens that would have created a booth umpire. But instead, owners took a smaller step and gave existing replay officials who are stationed in the press box of each stadium the authority to consult with on-field referees. So replay officials won't be able to throw penalty flags or reverse calls on their own, but they can now offer on-field referees guidance based on what they've seen on broadcast replays concerning possession, completed or intercepted passes, mm-hmm. the location of the ball relative to the boundary or end line, and whether a player is down by contact. Before the change, replay officials had been restricted to participating in plays that were under review only, so they can okay. now have some input on that. Oh, that's interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, Is that good case? Well, yeah, I think so. You you know, you sort of have to be careful what you wish for, right? And, uh, you know, the Sky Judge is one of those things that's like... Sky Judge! If you have them there judging every single play... I mean, listen, then ev- there's going to be a flag on every single play. So, you know, there it'll are... It'll slow the game down. It'll, yeah. it'll slow the game down. It'll ruin it a little bit. You know, but... Um, you know, you still you still have to worry about what those judges on the field are doing, right? So you're talking about is he down by contact? I have seen too many plays that had been blown dead that shouldn't have been blown dead, where it would have either ended it in a touchdown or you know more yards or or whatever. And so they still need those referees on the field to make those right calls. By the way, uh, coaches won't have to throw challenge flags to prompt this advice from the booth guys. Okay. Which some replay officials have been apparently providing on-field referees informally for years. They have, and but I have now a, this will be official. I have a friend who was a, a referee for, uh, in uh, NCAA Division One football. Uh, so whatever division, like uh, Notre Dame was in, I can't right. re- uh, remember, but he he ref those games in particular, and he said that there were people in the booth, like if they threw a flag and it was a little ticky tack or or not yeah. the right call, he would be in the earphone of the of the uh, head. Umpire and going, no, 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 pick that up. Pick no that kidding. Up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they have a unique, I think you'd want to get a consensus based on the largest amount of available eyes, you right? Want, yeah, and listen, you want the game to be as fair as possible, right? right? That's and the ultimate goal, and, yes. and you don't want any, yeah, absolutely. You don't want any um, bad call. Uh, or or non-call to dictate the outcome of a game, like so it just it, slows it down. It, it so slows much. it down so much, and, and that, so, that part of it is exhausting. Like you're just trying to get through the play, and yep. and when they, in Casey, to your point, like when they argue every play, or they have the ability to argue every play, it just um, it drags it on. Yeah, and what happened a couple of years ago in the playoffs with the Saints and the Rams, where there was a an egregious uh, pass interference call that you know uh, it would have. It could have, and that's the thing. It should have. No, no, no. It could have. I, I shouldn't say would have. Okay. But it could have ended well. up with a uh, with a New Orleans touchdown, and they would have won the game and moved on into the playoffs, and they and they didn't as a result. All right. And so the very next year, that's when they started to uh, allow the coaches to uh, throw the red flag to um, call pass interference calls or to contest a pass interference call. Uh, yeah, no. I, and then I, I that didn't that. go the way they wanted, and, and the, the, that lasted for one season, and they really now it's a bad idea, so they, okay. they yanked that off the table. Help us, Sky Judge. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to uh, Bill here. He's got a comment on the numbers. Hi, Bill. You're on the air. Good morning. Picnic Rom Duke. <laughs> yeah. What? what is that? Good morning is backwards. Oh! Good That's well excellent. Done. Uh, say it again. I, 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 say, I love that game. Say it one more time. Tignig Romdu. Tignig Romdu. <laughs> I love it. All right. All right. What's up, Bill? Uh, 
the offensive linemen have to wear a certain number so you can identify the eligible receivers. And so they can't move them in without them having to report separately. So that was the main reason the offensive linemen had to have the numbers that they have. Does that make okay. sense to you, Case? No, it does, because if you have um, X amount of um, linemen or people on, on the line, the tackle can um, can be an eligible receiver, right. and they have to call that. So, I, you know, I, I would imagine it's just easier for the defense to recognize okay. numbers. What if you wear a disguise? Though? Thanks, Bill. <laughs> But Appreciate they'll announce it. They'll say, "Okay, yeah. you know, um, you know, so and so is reporting as an eligible receiver on this play," right. and so that alerts oh, the, the th- defense. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I am not anywhere near up to stuff on the minutia of the rules. I will say this for our team: uh, the fact that Zach Ertz and uh, Dallas Goddard were 86 and 88; those numbers look identical. Just the the design, the font identical. Identical. Those font, the font on the jerseys. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm like, I don't. I don't know who that is. Like, I don't know who just caught it. And, and uh, yeah, that's got to be confusing. Yeah. Did 88 catch it? Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure? Positive. All right. Uh, I did notice another thing that has. Well, from the noticer, he keeps noticing things that he admits probably should have been in the junk drawer, but we just did that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I noticed that Prince Philip is dead. Yes, he is. Um, and or is he? Throughout his decades in public life, he was known for putting his royal foot in his mouth with occasional off-the-cuff remarks that could be embarrassing. But his faux pas at a White House dinner with President Richard Nixon in 1969 was enough for Philip to actually lose some sleep over it. Your wife, Patricia, has some tickled bitties. <laughs> what? Uh, well, that's not, what did you say? Yeah, that's I right. said she had some tickled bitties. <laughs> and Dick didn't like that yeah. very much. Uh, in a handwritten note to the president, uncovered by archivist at the Richard Nixon Presidential Library and Museum in Yorba Linda, California. Have you tried oral sex? It might take some time to get it down pat. The, oh, <laughs> the Duke of Edinburgh wrote uh, to humbly apologize for failing to toast the president's uh, health. Yeah. As dictated by protocol during a, quote, stag dinner in his honor. Like a... Okay. It's well, it was just it was party, all guys. No, yeah, it was just yeah. all guys at the party. So, when does the strippers arrive? After the here's uh, what he wrote uh, to Nixon from Greenland on November seventh, after his solo U.S. trip, he had concluded. He wrote, "After the brilliance of the other speakers and yourself, I am afraid my contribution was very lame." Hmm. He said that night, "I woke up in a cold sweat when I realized I had forgotten to propose your health." Oh, all right. Uh, Jim Byron, executive vice president of the Nixon Foundation, said that the letter was discovered before the pandemic but made public this week as a way of marking Phillips' death. Uh, Known for his quick wit and willingness to be self-deprecating, Phillips' brand of cheekiness didn't always go over well. In 1995, he asked a Scottish driving instructor, how do you keep the natives off the booze long enough to pass a test? (laughs) Seven years later in Australia... While visiting Aboriginal people with the Queen, he asked, do you still throw spears at each other? While visiting a military barracks, Philip asked a sea cadet instructor if she worked in a strip club and even said to a woman who had lost two sons in a fire that smoke detectors were a damn nuisance. But during the White House dinners, honored guests usually offer a toast to the president's health and success. Philip wrote to Nixon that he couldn't begin to, quote, tell you how much I appreciated your very great kindness and hospitality at the White House. I was quite overwhelmed by the guests, but delighted to meet such a distinguished company. Uh, I really haven't prepared anything to say. 
Have you, have you ever seen the Terminator? He's going to kill the guy's mother. Uh, he mentioned... <laughs> He mentioned having uh, then traveled to New York where he was interviewed by Barbara Walters for NBC's Today Show. He said the weather in New York was horrible. ghastly lisp. Was horrible, but otherwise all went well, Philip Rope. And I found Miss Walters particularly charming and intelligent, and I hope we could, did a good piece, he said. Yeah, you talk like an infant. Uh, Byron said uh, Nixon almost certainly replied to Philip's letter, but with the library archives remaining closed because of the pandemic, uh, what he might have said is unknown at this point. President Nixon, is that your nose or are you eating a banana? So uh, he he felt so... They show in the beginning of the the, the Crown, oh, Preston, boy. where he's... <laughs> he was... <laughs> he would joke around, but it, it didn't always land. You know, and so yeah. they're in Africa, and he, he, he oh. didn't know the one guy was the king of the yeah, tribe. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's that your wedding? Yeah. It's a crown. All right, uh, let's see. I did notice. I noticed something that uh, Steve sent me this morning, uh, and it's really cute. Um, a video showing a little girl impersonating her mom working from home is uh, catching on with millions of parents and LinkedIn users. Uh, last week, Colleen Chulis of Charlottesville, Virginia, posted a clip of her daughter, Adele, who is eight, pretending to juggling to juggle phone calls, Zoom meetings, and motherhood. The video is seen more than 7 million times. Did you guys watch it? No. Yeah. It's yeah. so cute. It's yeah. adorable. What she keeps doing is so she's at her desk. She says she's typing stuff out, <laughs> and then she gets on a phone call, and you see her immediately looking over to the camera and snapping her fingers yeah. as if she's trying to tell the kids and, to be and quiet. And pointing. That's the best point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she'd snap her fingers and point like, go at Go, go. Yeah. And she is, she's spot on getting it right. Uh, her mom said she's always like, record me. She's always wanting to do these little skits. Uh, she was on Good Morning America and said, I'll say we can do one quick little video, but that's exactly how this one happened. Uh, Chulis, her mother, is a regional vice president and uh, of regulated industries for SAP Success Factors. Uh, she said she's been working from home uh, since the start of the pandemic. She's got three kids, uh, Adele, Luke, and Declan, and they're all attending school through hybrid learning. So they're all around while she's trying right, to work. Right. Yeah. Uh, she said, I'm on video and I work in sales, so I'm talking to customers, and I think the challenge for me is I'm presenting on PowerPoint, and the kids are like, can you get me an ice pop? Uh, and they'll pass <laughs> notes under the door. It's the day-to-day stuff happens. And like clockwork, Marissa grabbed the audio. So let's uh, play a little bit of this for you. Hello. Um, hi, Jennifer. So... <laughs> can you hear her snapping? <laughs> She's snapping her fingers telling them to get away. I love it. It's really cute. Well, Kathy, when you were for a brief period when uh, you oh, were yeah. from home and you had the cats coming in and Jace. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had we, the, we, the, notes, watch it. Yeah. the notes were bling, being slipped under the door where yeah. he would quietly come in and put, you know, can I watch TV? Yes or no? Circle. <laughs> well, and that's what she said. She said that yeah. they would pass notes under the door as well while she's trying to get work done. And then if you say no, like one was like, can I, you know, play video games before school? And yeah. so I would circle no. And then it would be, you know, he, why, no, why can't I? Why? I'm not doing anything. I did everything. And I'm like, get out, get out, you know. Or the cats jumping up on the... Well, the, uh, cats the, were, yeah. the cats were worse than 
he was. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. The ad, because we <laughs> those... saw regular appearances from the cats. Yeah, on the, and like on the video stepping on the computer, on. they knocked over the mic. Oh like, yeah, they would yeah. Scratch at the door, and then I would try to lock them out. Like it was. Yeah, and then you'd hear the French. The doors rattling. Rattling. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so those kids, uh, there are a lot of kids that are imitating their parents. All right, I noticed this other story this morning. It has to do with prostitution. Yes! Manhattan District Attorney Cy uh, Vance Jr. announced yesterday that his office will no longer prosecute prostitution. This is in Manhattan. Uh, he said in a statement over the last... I like prostitutes. Over the last decade, we've learned from those uh, with uh, lived experience and from our own experience on the ground... Criminally prosecuting prostitution does not make us safer and too often achieves the opposite result by further marginalizing vulnerable New Yorkers. Uh, However, associated crimes, and this is where I don't understand, okay? Associated crimes including patronizing sex workers, meaning paying for sex, sex trafficking, and promoting prostitution will still be prosecuted. So pimps can be arrested, but the actual prostitutes can't? I guess so, but it says paying for sex. Isn't that prostitution? That's prostitution, right? Does well, Cy Vance the... exactly know what the, all this stuff means? No, I, I mean, that'd be the Johns that would get in trouble. Not yeah, the but how themselves. can you... No, I know. But, like, they're not going to prosecute the prostitutes. They're going to prosecute the people who are paying for the prostitutes. So, so then, then part of that is still illegal. Yes. It is still illegal, but they're not going to focus... But, Nick's right. They're not going to focus the workers. on the right. workers. They're going to focus on the people mm. who are going to wow. hire them. It's a step. So only the, only the customer yeah. is at risk. Yeah, I mean... Interesting. Okay. I actually, you know what? I read an interesting article on BuzzFeed yesterday, and it was uh, confessions of kids whose mothers worked in the sex trade. Interesting. And I was surprised. Most of it, most of them were all like... um, I'm talking to a John. (laughs) (laughs) Most of them were appreciative of what their mother did because of the situation that they were in. Yeah. It's work. And that, uh, well, yeah, and, and it was... It was kind of like you, you'd have to be here to understand why that was the last resort for my mom, you know. Mm. And now some of them were like, you know, I was neglected because of this. Or I remember people coming by the house in some situations that are terrible for children. No, it can be very dangerous. There could be a lot of downsides to it. and it, But a lot of, well, of course there's downsides to of it. Of course. But, but there's... there's you guys saw the footage of me as a, as a, as a, a prostitute, and then uh, prostitute. Richard Gere yeah, yeah. came into my life <laughs> and uh, turned, turned things life around. around. Turned my life around, made me realize I was worth something. But I'm not. I'm not saying it's a it's a line of work you want to pursue. But I was just surprised at the people that were raised. You by do what you need to do. These women yeah. actually had some respect for them and and weren't upset and embarrassed and all that. Uh, we could have a family reunion with my family, and you guys could meet all these people. But uh, the, there's somebody in my family who did that, okay. uh, and it was. I remember when she told me, and I was like, "Are you?" I mean, and I there, I wasn't surprised, but you know, just to hear that, to know somebody that actually did that, I just I, I couldn't. Uh, I mean- Remember that there's all the different levels of it too. Whether you are, you know, escort. I don't pre- no, profess she, to understand. I mean, she, she was, was a streetwalker, getting like, yeah. cash, cars for pulling up, sexual favors, right. walking along the street. Yeah. Like, it's dangerous. Not glorified. It is very dangerous in yeah. any way. I guess, like most situations, there's a lot of gray area, you know, and yeah. there, there's not there's not one clear cut answer. I'm sorry, Steve. I'm watching you <laughs> in Pretty video. Woman, and I got thrown <laughs> off. Oh, um, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yes. I mean, uh, I, did I feel good about myself? No, but it's, it's, it's a video where Steve's face is on Julia Roberts' body. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day, these women are people, and so they have rights, and uh, and it's how you protect them. And um, 
It, listen, it, it's a complicated issue. Hey, yeah, but are there are there, are there guy? I, 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 there has to be. There oh, sure. Yes, oh, of course. God, yes. Jiggles. Jiggles, yeah. yeah. Yes. Don't you remember there was somebody who yeah. was in our studio who I made a joke um, and he was like, oh, if you need for later, just let me know. And I was like, mm, no, no. Oh, just yeah, yeah. Was kidding. Wow. We joke around around right. here. Uh, there's a there's a book that I read. So it's a it's a um, horror uh, it's fantasy thing uh, called the Scary the, Hookers. No, it's it's called The Passage. But anyway, in it in it, one of the main characters, um, it, they tell the story about how her mother ended up in prostitution. Yes. And until I read that, I didn't understand, you know, how it can happen. So this uh, this woman's uh, she uh, this yeah she's um she's young. She's like 16 years old. It's just her and her father. Her mother died years later or earlier. Um, all of a sudden, her her dad unexpectedly dies, and they were a very low income family. And she is now turned 17. She's on her own. Um, she, leading up to that, had unfortunately, this guy had kind of sweet-talked her and told her all this stuff. She worked yeah. as a waitress. He was in yeah. and out of town. He was a traveling salesman. They hooked up. She got pregnant. The father dies. She hit, She's pregnant with this baby. She's all on her own, has a baby, can't find work because she can't fi- have money afforded to take care of the baby while she's at she work. She can't get daycare. All this stuff was yeah. happening, and she just found herself at the end of the rope and had to, in order to survive, had to do it. And it was, you know, I was like, okay. So then there are, there are some scenarios where you, you just don't have a choice. Well, the, 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 the judge lest ye be judged, and you yeah, cannot yeah, know. Yeah. And, then, and that's something to consider. I, I think it's interesting, though. I don't know. I, can't, I, I understand what you guys are saying, but... but- I don't understand it in any no, way whatsoever. No, I, I don't think, and you I'm can. glad I'm in a position in life where I where I find it hard. Yeah, to, but, but even if you're not, there yeah. are other ways that you can uh, make some money than to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe yeah, not they, always. But, yeah. Um, anyhow, nonetheless, in Manhattan, yeah, they're they're going to make this change, and uh, they said that uh, Vance's office had already been dismissing prostitution cases. After sending those charged to mandatory counseling sessions. By the way, the Johns won't be prosecuted if they're high-priced politicians. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay well, so, okay. so that or, or or top-level lawyers, they they won't get charged. Uh, uh, yeah. So or the, football team uh, owners. football team owners right, 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 or right, any of yeah. the yeah they're they're they're, they're exempt from the law. Uh, yesterday's statement said such uh, counseling sessions will be uh, voluntary. Uh, and despite the change, it doesn't go far enough for some. Though attorney Abigail Swinstein. Uh, said, advi- praised Vance's action, but favors to push by some to quote fully decriminalize sex work. So interesting. All right, uh, with that, we got to take a break because we have guests that are on the way. When we return, we are going to talk to Dean Norris. Yeah. You remember him from uh, Breaking Bad, and he is on United States of Al. He'll be up, and then after that, Brad Furman, director of this movie, City of Lies, who, by the way, is from the area, yes, and grew up listening to our show. Uh, so we'll be back with those guests and more. Stay with us. This weekend's featured MM artist. This is Tom Petty. As we approach April's full moon, a super pink moon, we're celebrating the anniversary of full moon fever. Every hour this weekend, we're playing pairs of petty and proffering free copies of Full Moon Fever on vinyl. MMR VIPs, head to WMMR.com to win the band's live anthology box set. And during Monday night's Full Moon, Jackie Bam Bam caps it all off by spinning side one and side two of Full Moon Fever on vinyl. This is Tom Petty, and you are locked in the cage of the rock and roll animals. Call 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. So our next guest, I'm looking at um, 
a packet here of his credits uh, from IMDb. There are 12 pages yeah. of credits. And uh, like uh, everything you love. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. And, and but, but the real, you know, obviously breakout and just gigantic a run was in Breaking Bad. It was amazing. Legendary. Man. And continues to do great work. And that does also include United States of Al, which you can catch tonight at 830 on CBS. It. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Please welcome Dean Norris. Yeah. To the show. Good morning, Dean. Hey guys, what's going on? Hey. How you doing? Uh, we're doing great, man. Thanks for joining us this morning. Absolutely. Listen, with with all of those, you know, I'd mentioned how many you know different TV shows and, and movies you've been in, and uh, have you played a, a role as a military veteran or active military personnel a lot in your career? Uh you know, at my age, I start to forget. But yeah, I think I've, I'm sure I have. You have. I mean, in fact, not only you played it, also in like in Starship Troopers, you were in the military yeah. and, and and other stuff. So you've done that. You are a um, you are the a veteran in this series and the father of the main character. Well, one of the main characters, Riley, who was in yes. Afghanistan and brought back a friend who served as an interpreter. And this and right. and uh, um, and I, I really I like the conceit of the show and I like the fact. That it's from Chuck Lorre, and that had to be an enticement for you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that guy is, I mean, icon, uh, legend. I'm not, you know, any word you want to use, seriously, the, the biggest man in uh, sitcom history. And uh, when he said, hey, I got this role for you, I was certainly interested and, and uh, read the script and loved it, so. Yeah, he's a great guy to have behind the show. You know, sure. so so comedy is not something we would associate, especially after Breaking Bad and other people that you played in other badasses. But um, it, it's got to be a um, – there are a whole bunch of things that come into play with a sitcom like this because it's um, – as Preston has often pointed out, it has to be the most like a nine-to-five that an actor can get. And, and that – and also the, the fact that you can kind of flex your other skills with the comedy. This has to be two cool things about doing this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, comedy was such a—it's such a you know a different animal, particularly you know a sitcom comedy. Uh, and I feel like I'm still learning it. But uh, I, I did about six Big Bangs uh, for Chuck Lorre, and I guess he saw enough in there to say, okay, put him in the show. Um, so I really like it. But yeah, I, you know, I got five kids. <laughs> Whoa! So it's Whoa! Nice to have yeah. So it's nice to have a nine-to-five job in L.A., which I haven't had for 20 years. Yeah. You get to see your children. That's got to be nice. I get to come home. I'm home at night for dinner, you know, so Did first the, time. In- were the kids only aware of you because of your work on Breaking Bad? <laughs> <laughs> they just call me Hank all the time. Weird. They call you by your character's names. No, that that's cool. But explain just, I, I gave a little tease, but explain what the basic conceit of the show is and where you fit in, in your dynamic. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a guy uh, from the middle of the, he's in Ohio. I think it's Columbus, Ohio. We, we set it in. And uh, his son comes home from Afghanistan. He's a Marine. And he's having problems. Uh, he's having some PTSD. He's, uh, he's seen a lot of bad stuff. So he's living with his dad. And I also have a daughter who uh, who also who lost her fiance in the war, uh, and so finally my son brings his interpreter over from Afghanistan, which I wasn't aware of to be honest with you, but it's a pretty big issue getting these guys over because they're the enemies now mm-hmm. in Afghanistan if they worked with the U.S. troops. Yes, so getting yeah. them over here uh, allows them to live safely and etc. So he gets his friend over here, and all 
all of them live with me in my house. <laughs> and uh, I'm a veteran, but obviously of a different war. And uh, there's a lot of dysfunction in the family, but we all kind of take care of each other. And that's where the where the warmth and the heart and the comedy comes from. So Chuck Lorre does this really well because he, he like, uh, uh, mom is all about um, addiction and alcoholism and recovery. Exactly. And, and you, you think subjects that are going to be absolutely no ground for anything humorous, and he minds it, but reminds them respectfully. So to take this, the post-traumatic stress that a lot of returning servicemen and women experience, even in the first episode, you know, that I saw, they, they're, they're, they they go there, but but it, and it has to appeal to you as an actor to approach something honestly, and then also to hear the. Now, how are you doing with the audience? Because was this was this shot with a a laugh track, or or how does it work? Because COVID times must have prevented you having an audience. Yeah, we have a very limited audience. Uh, we still have uh, a laughs, uh, but yeah, it's a very limited audience. It's not as big as uh, hopefully we get to have in the fall. Yeah. But we do have enough people there to kind of play off and, and hear <clears throat> which jokes are working and which jokes aren't. Well, they were loud enough to convince me you're using a laugh track, so that's good. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Dean, I wanted to ask, with with the, the veteran that you are and, and, the, and the many different projects you've done over the years, uh, have you worked with anybody on this cast before? I have not. Uh, I have not. <clears throat> and they're, they're a fantastic group of uh, – they're younger than me, obviously, because they're my, my kids in the show. Uh, and they're all veterans of sitcoms, uh, kind of hip sitcoms in the past. But I've not worked with any of them. Uh, but we all amazingly, we really, really, really get along well. It's a, it's a fun cast, which helps with the comedy because uh, you know if you like people, yeah, it makes it easier to to uh, to uh, have fun with them and, and make laughs. And we all really love each other, so all it's. Right. Uh, then I have a follow-up question for this concerning Breaking Bad. When you are playing in a hard drama like that, um, and you have characters that uh, that that are opposing each other, that 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 have uh, contradictions or or have a beef with each other, do you, on a personal level, try to distance yourself uh, from the people that you're going to have confrontation with uh, on the set to kind of, you know, live that out on screen? Yeah, I like, I generally, I punch everybody. All right, <laughs> good. You're a method guy. Yes, Just, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Uh, Dean, I wanted to ask you about, um, you know, how you approach your roles and when you take your, your script. Because, uh, and I've watched Breaking Bad, uh, I'm on my fourth go-around now because I started watching with my son and he's on his third go-around now. And uh, wow, nice. he loves you, by the way. I had to tell him that uh, we were resuming with you today. But, like, your character, and I want to ask about this uh, with, with all the characters you've ever played. You you even had these little subtle, like, <laughs> you know, the, you know <laughs> just in, in the middle of your dialogue. And I want to know, like, how you, like, do you approach your uh, your script and do you, like, write those in or are those just, you know, like, sort of impromptu? You know, I'm talking about all of the little, little affectations. Yeah, affectations that your your character has. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's just from figuring out who the guy is and trying to be him, and then you try to make the lines your own as uh, as that character. So uh, I don't know specific which ones, but, yeah, I think you take, you know, you, you have the opportunity to take a written line and make it your own, make it your own, your character. And uh, certainly that's allowed and encouraged, and and that's what I try to do. Uh 
figure out how Hank would say that, you know? Okay, yeah. And I, I wanted to let you guys know, because we have to wrap this up. Uh, Dean and I have something in common. What? We both went to Harvard. Uh, <laughs> I went there twice. And I bought a sweatshirt and everything. But uh, <laughs> not only did he go to Harvard, but he was a valedictorian of his of his uh, high school. Did you guys know that? No. Yeah. We're talking about like a real dude, yeah. like smart dude here right yeah. now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Casey just went there to buy a shirt. Dude, yeah. That was it. Yeah. yeah. But he technically went to Harvard. I went to Harvard. So, therefore, twice. you guys have something in common. Uh, nice. All right. Well, listen, Dean, we appreciate it. We're big fans, and we wish you a tremendous success with the United States of Al. For those who want to see it, it's on tonight, 830 on CBS. So thanks for joining us, Dean. Hey, thanks so much, you guys. Have a great morning. Anytime. Dean Yay! Norris. Great man, he's excellent. We uh, were, were we off air when I mentioned how much? Uh, yeah, I think we were. When uh, I, I don't want to ruin Breaking Bad for you, but it was it's been on long enough. But when his yeah. when his character his final scene, right? There is just a level of defiance in him that speaks to his character that he's just he he doesn't care. He knows it's going to be the end for him, and he says what he wants to say. Right, right. And he's just like wow, I've seen that clip. Man, yeah, it's powerful. very powerful. Cool. Yeah, it he is also in um, yeah, a show that we. I wish I'd have continued under the dome. Under the dome, I know. Yeah, I know. And and I, I didn't. I, I read the book and I wanted to go back and watch it, but I, I don't want to now because they didn't finish it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it's that that's that's kind of suck when you get ahead of steam up on something. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it just becomes inert. You finished mm-hmm. that book? I did. Man, I, I couldn't. <laughs> I, I, it was well. I was listening to the audio book that might have made it a little Maybe easier. I should have done that. But it was it's long. Yeah. And I wasn't fully satisfied with how it wrapped up. No kidding. Okay, but, but it was still, you know, it was, it was an interesting character study. And great premise. Yeah. Did you see the new app? Or I don't know if it's a whatever it is. But you take your phone and you take pictures of the pages of text in a book, and t- you can take like a chapter at a time. You have to take picture, 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 and then listen to whatever. Even if a book doesn't have an audible audio oh, component, read it for you? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, know, wow. you know who that's good for, Steve, is um, people with um, dyslexia. Dyslexia. Yes, and people that have trouble reading. Uh, it in if they if that book is not available via an audio book, it's a great way to be able to quote unquote read a book. I have been listening to a book that Preston had recommended, and I have found that I have like the audio version of dyslexia because I will I will just completely space out. And well, then read it while it's being read to you. <laughs> I can. I'm driving. Oh, I do the same thing too. It I, made, it made I, me I feel to, better. Yeah, I have to. Uh, I'll, I'll start to something in in the the narrative will will make me think about something in my personal life, and then I'll start Thinking focusing on that. And the next thing you know, thirty seconds later, I'm like, wait a minute, I've lost, <laughs> I've lost track of what's going on. So I just you know I back it up, and I end up doing that a few times while I'm. Do you know uh, when, when, you, when, you, when you listen to what you really love, and then you get distracted, you get into an accident, and the, the jaws of yeah. life out of the car, and you're like, yeah. no, 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 man. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm the what chapter, chapter was I on? Yeah. So, uh, uh, but but I, I love listening to audiobooks. I've I read, um, I think I read seventeen books last year. Which before that I was like a you know three or four a year tops. Um, so I've been managed to take all that in, all that, in, and I see it as entertainment. That's that's what it is. I me. I held out as I said many times before. No, 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 it's not really reading. And then I was really realizing I'm missing in t- books yeah. that I wanted yeah. to get yeah, to totally. so badly. Yeah, that's the way I uh, yeah. see it too, Steve. So that's and now, it. and I've stopped saying I'm listening to an audiobook. Yeah. I just say I read that book. You yeah, know? yeah, it's, yeah, it's a shorter answer, and and it's it's true. I read the title of that book when I ordered it at home. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I used to watch the movie, and I mean, yeah, I read that book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, question. Casey, do you want me to stretch until we get to our next uh, guest? Well, we ha- we can. We have uh, a little bit of time. So. Okay. 
You can do right. that if you want. Oh, oh there we go. Just give us, give is this us the morning wake out? Who used to do that uh, oh, the dumb stretch stretch thing? I don't know. It's a radio. Did we know somebody who did that? It was that? somebody who had a syndicated show, that, and a lot of stations would pop it on where, it's all right, ladies, ten, time for the 10 o'clock stretch. I do like a good stretch. <laughs> Kathy's stretching right now. There Just you go. the mere suggestion of that. I'd say it's like yawning. She leaned way back. <laughs> Um, all right, so, yeah, I do have a couple of things. Uh-huh. I, this is happening now. Uh, the annual Lyrid Meteor Shower oh. is active now. It's active until the 30th, uh, but apparently peak time is, like, tonight. Okay. Um, With this um, high pressure, and I mean, even though it's cold out, this would be good uh, stargazing. Yeah, I don't know if the clouds are going to um, cooperate or not, but it produces about 15 to 20 meteors per hour. With about 100 collisions every half hour, right? And uh, this year, sky watchers in the northern hemisphere can expect to see about 18 per hour weather permitting during the shower. Yeah, I'm going to take look- a look. <laughs> What's that case? Uh, no, I was going to say, I'm looking at the cloud coverage for tonight, and from, you know, 9 o'clock on, it's like 72%, 54% cloud coverage. All right, yeah. so that's problematic. Yeah. Uh, but it's, uh, it becomes visible beginning at about um, 10 o'clock in the evening, I think. <sighs> and then, that. But the peak viewing time is before dawn. I'm watching Which Hogan's Heroes at that time. We could easily do. You're that's watching Hogan Heroes? <laughs> Hogan's Heroes? <laughs> well, uh, that's 1% cloud coverage around between 3 and 7 a.m. So. Okay. Okay. There you go. Uh, and it is, of course, the visibility is best for sky watchers in areas uh, that are far away from sources of light and buildings or other possible obstructions. And this year... The waxing gibbous moon. The gibbous moon. Which is the phase at which more than half of the moon's surface is illuminated may also interfere with observation. That's like the gibbons moon. <laughs> is that what you were going for, Case? Uh, that's, yes, okay. as a matter of fact. The gibbous moon. What's the name of that song? Bubbling Brown Sugar. Bubbling Brown Sugar. Yeah, the Gibbons Kids. It, not no, it's <laughs> oh, the, the Gibbons Gib- Kids. Gibbons Kids. Right, and it's the Gibbons Moon, right? So Gibbous Moon. Gibbous Moon. And like uh, Jeebus. So <laughs> the <laughs> baby Jeebus. <laughs> the best way to find the meteor's radiant it, or point at which they appear to originate from is to lie flat on your back with your feet facing east and look up. And after about thirty minutes in the dark. Your eyes will adapt. Somebody will call the police. And you will begin to see me. There's a dead body in the field. Yeah. Uh, so, Kathy, you wouldn't last on that, would you? Mm. Gotta lay there for about She's going to be at a wedding to tonight, Preston. This is boring. I'm going inside. Yeah. <laughs> it is an outdoor wedding. Maybe you'll have a chance to actually look up when you're leaving or whatever. At the point at which they kiss, when they finally kiss as man and wife, well, the uh, sky will explode in a meteor shower. And we'll be freezing to death. Yeah, it's going to be I cold. hate death. <laughs> Stupid. This is so stupid. Stupid. <laughs> I don't even like these people. No, I like most of them. Uh, <laughs> I will let each one know as they come in who I like and who I do not. <laughs> Kath, where is the wedding? Uh, it's in Doylestown. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. So that's that's prime. It is actually good to area. Yeah. yeah. What was the name of the mansion you said it's going to be at? Ald- no, Aldi Mansion. The Aldi Mansion. Which yeah. is the uh, supermarket. The grocery chain? <laughs> grocery store chain? <laughs> no. I don't know. Is that right in Doylestown proper? Like downtown Doylestown? Or? Mm, no, I don't think okay. any of the mansions are right wow, there. Wow, that's pretty. We're looking at a picture of so. it. That's it's cool. gorgeous. Yeah. 
Uh, so the Lyrids aren't as spectacular as the as the Perseids. They stink. The Perseids. Perseids. Uh, Perseids. Perseids. They stink. That's right. It stinks. Uh, which <laughs> returned <laughs> in see, August. The most cantankerous astronomer in the world. But yeah, I thought it's stop. Perseids. The Perseids. Constellations and it stinks. <laughs> but the. With the first recorded sighting of the Lyrids. Looking up at the sky, trying to see stalagmites. Going all the way back to uh, 687 B.C. <laughs> Aren't those in case? I don't know! Actually, well, that's why you can't see any. Yeah, stalagmite showers and Commodores. Stalagmites are on the ceiling. Look, look, look at the Commodores tonight. The Commodores? Yeah. Like easy, like Sunday like morning. Richie, and, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Commodores. Everything looks so far away. Oh, let me turn it around. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the... wow. that was quick. This song it was a great song. Yeah. It's about astronomy. Easy like Sunday morning, meteor showers. Um, by the way, the Lyrids uh, goes all the way back to the first uh, recorded sightings to 687 B.C. On another note, it's we the should oldest like known the Commod- meteor shower. What's uh, that? On another note, we should dress like the Commodores. Yeah, so that is the first meteor shower historically that has been, that was chronicled? Oldest uh, recorded sighting, yes. Wow. Uh, 687 B.C. Okay. So, yeah, that's before Christ. Yeah. Is that what BC, BC actually stands it for? Does, yeah. yeah. Okay. Then what is D? Uh, it'd, it'd be cool. AD <laughs> is an anno domini. Why? Why one in English and why one in in Latin? To be difficult. Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah. It's like the numbers that you use for the defensive line. Anno domini. I'm, I, I mispronounced that. Which Did you? Uh, is used to uh, label or number years in the Julian or Gregorian calendars. So oh. anno domini, <laughs> nostri. Jesus Christ. Dominus Sanctus Pretos Cantus. Meratus Adesat Cusitas. Hank Norris. It stinks. What? That's right. It stinks. It stinks. <laughs> you know. That's right. It stinks. Uh, taken from the full original phrase, as Nick had said, Anno Domini Nostri Jesu Christi. I would love to learn uh, some ancient tongues. Would you? Oh, yeah. my, my son <laughs> next year. My son next year is required to take Latin. Yeah, it is absolutely positive. I'd love to learn. Latin has a lot of roots to you know. Yeah, the only time that comes in handy is if you're in a spelling bee. <laughs> well, they say if you learn Latin, you know, you're going to waste a lot of time. <laughs> they don't yes. say that. Don't they say that? That's well, what they, they say. That, yeah. If you take the time to really commit to Latin, you will have wasted your time. <laughs> my brother, my older brother, took it in high school, and I used to help him study for his tests. I don't remember anything. Well, your brother's a scientist, and that might come into play as well when it Ah. comes to a lot of things in science are taken from uh, from Latin. So maybe that, I don't know if that helps. Carpus, pulbus, debus. Yeah. It's a building block language, you know? Mm -hmm. We wouldn't wouldn't have English without Latin. Omnibus. I missed the bus. You guys remember that one? No, what was that from? (laughs) That was from uh, Johnny Dangerously. It's like... (laughs) The only line I remember when he's uh, when he's being uh, escorted out. I believe he's being put to death. Is he not? He, 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 well, he never gets put he never to death, gets but there. he's being put toward. He's being brought down towards the electric remember, chair. Uh, Fargan ice holes. I remember yeah. that. Okay. I remember that. Uh, okay. You are uh, you ice horse. 
right. Um, this is completely unrelated to that altogether. But right. it, and yeah. I, I want to make sure it doesn't get away from me. But this is according to Newsweek. Uh, the 25 most popular beach towns in the country, one of them is in New Jersey. Oh, just one? Uh, yeah, I know, and I'm surprised at that. That is surprising because, yeah. you know, the, uh, last night the Goldbergs had a beach house, Jersey Shore beach house episode, Preston. Do you know where, what town it was uh, in? Do you remember Nick? They you watched it? Was, it. They, no, it was fictional. They they referenced uh, Margate and then they mispronounced Ventnor. They said Ventnor, oh. um, but they actually did not say the name of the town, okay. I think deliberately, but they clearly filmed it. In California, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, the the Malibu cliffside. Yes. So they've uh, they've deemed Asbury Park oh. as oh, wow. one of the twi- twenty five most popular beach towns. Oh, yeah, most no. popular. Okay. Uh, yes, I would I would agree with it's that. It's my favorite beach. You guys ever been there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I've never been. What's mm. uh? Yeah. Yeah. I it's, mean, it's very popular. It it's sticks. crowded and yeah. there's tons of people. Okay. That's right. It sticks. I think we all have a bit of a preconceived notion about people from North Jersey, Long Island, New York. That go to the Jersey Shore, right? I'm sure that they have a preconceived notion about us. Sure, uh, I don't like them, <laughs> and a lot and they of don't like us. They don't like us, yeah. and a lot of them go to Asbury Park, Seaside Heights, okay. that kind of thing. Yeah, I got you. So, and I'm sorry, just well, putting that out. Okay, I got you. Yeah, if I offended you, <laughs> but they they put it alongside uh, such towns as uh, Narragansett uh, in Rhode Island, Ocean City in Maryland. And uh, Haleiwa in Hawaii. What, man, when Hawaii and Jersey end up in the same list. But it's not, that's the thing. It's the most popular. popular. It's where people are going. It's not right. like not the, the most beautiful, okay. the best one to uh, take your family or whatever. Uh, all right, all right. right. So so could this be then the most overcrowded beach towns in it America? Might, yeah. Maybe? Yeah. I, mean, I know that for a fact they, they listed the world's top 10 beaches, and I think two or three of them are in Bermuda. Yeah, okay. uh, beaches, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Right. O- Ocean City, Maryland. Is crowded. It's a city, you know, and it, yeah. I don't dislike it, but it's packed. There I've, are high rises yeah, totally. all along the beach. Yep. There are parts of Long Island down along, as you get, Kathy, as you know, you get closer uh, to, uh, to Coney Island and, and that part of the, uh, of Nassau County. No, it's not technically. <laughs> but, but I mean, it, it, yeah, that's where you start to get the, um, the high rises, the apartment buildings, okay. and it gets a little more congested. Now, tell me if this is BS, Kathy, from this description. It says, the famous Jersey Shore. This is Newsweek. They the wrote famous this. Jersey the Shore. The famous Jersey Shore is lined with sandy beaches and quiet towns, such as the small seaside community of Asbury Park. Quiet? Yeah, that's what it says. I, I mean, not when I was there. It says, but there is more to the town than its Instagrammable beachside, as Asbury Park also boasts a vibrant art and music scene. And Thank a- you, and yeah, an assortment of independent boutique shops. They do. They have like a huge, um, I forget what it's called, but it's like a huge festival where um, it's all different kinds of arts and, you know, people come out and, and uh, it's a huge week uh, weekend long event. So we're looking at it right now. At least, I don't know if this is an archival photo, but it looks fairly crowded. It looks packed. I think Marissa probably knows about Asbury Park. She's been there a bunch. I think her brother lived up that way for a little while. He did. He actually was part of a uh group of people who kind of revitalized it maybe like was that five or six years ago so when i looked at manio that's all i remember um (laughs) but it's they totally redid the boardwalk it's now full of like boutiques and cute Hmm. shops and not like the ocean city boardwalk we know with like chickies and beets fries and like t-shirt shops um and like you said they have tons of festivals uh i don't know if they changed the convention center or if it is still open or not but that's where i saw bruce do like a practice show um for his for for his last tour. Yeah, there's a lot a of shows ago. there. Yeah, and then they have um, the Stone Pony is there and whatever that famous um, face is that's like synonymous with Asbury Park. You guys know that like cartoony yeah. face? Yeah, oh, yeah. the Asbury Park face. 
Yeah. Asbury Park face? Um, I don't know. Hold on. I'd have to see it. It has I'm a sorry. name. I don't know Call what it is. Asbury it's like... Face. That thing looks scary. <laughs> oh, it looks like Alfred E. Newman with teeth better teeth. Thing. Yeah. But I would Killing. compare it... Okay. I would compare it to like Stone Harbor. Okay. Really? 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 Yeah. yeah. It's got like... I mean, it's like Stone Harbor, but they have like more bars and restaurants. Stone Harbor meets... Wildwood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Just combine them. Interesting. All right, thanks, uh, Maris. Here's a text that are coming in. One says Asbury Park is super hipster now. Oh, is it? Uh, somebody says the Boardwalk and Convention Center that where Bruce Springsteen plays, Stone Pony, better beaches than uh, there are better beaches in Asbury Park. And somebody says you guys sound ignorant talking about Asbury. Well, we Maris are. Is here. Really spent time there. Yeah. That's why. I don't know a lot about the coast of Antarctica. <laughs> I was um, there once. <laughs> uh, and somebody said that they call people uh, from the north that come down uh, Benny's. I saw that. Here said? we go. Yeah. Yeah. What is the derivation of Benny's? I don't know. It says, Nick, if you live in New Jersey, the northerners that come to the shore are called Benny's. I think, I don't, is ben that Franklin like, Bridge, or no? That oh, wouldn't make sense. No, no, no. Maybe no. why not? Or uh, is it? But is it like the, uh, the Shoebies? Because that's what they call us at the Jersey Shore. Right, right. So there may be some derivation from that, but I, I, I don't know where it came from. Huh. There are some people who take the Shuby thing tongue in cheek and and you know laugh about it and are fine with it. There are some people who legitimately don't like it when um, other people come to their beach town. And oh, I, they get uh, they and get we, very protective. We felt the wrath over the years of doing the. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gaines. It's a funny dynamic because I mean, you know, most of the people that are coming down are, are down there to yeah do the you know be there for the same reasons everybody else is there to enjoy the shore, to be close to the beach, and also to Wait. help local economy. Wait a minute. Okay, hang on a second. Here. This right. says uh, this is the text says uh, for your information, us Jersey folks prefer you, prefer UPA and <laughs> New York folks go to your own beaches. Uh, we don't have we any don't beaches have in Pennsylvania. Why, we well, then why don't you root for your own sports teams? <laughs> says, we don't care if you have a house there. Keep your tents in your cars, too. Tents and canopies don't belong wow. on beaches, okay? Yeah, that's wow. what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's exactly what you're talking well, about. Well, I like to swim along the Delaware. <laughs> Listen, it's it's part and parcel of living in a, quote-unquote, like resort town. I mean, It is. You, the the economy, a large part of the economy is driven by tourism. Yeah. You know? And, and that's it. And Listen, it's got to suck. And, uh, listen, when we... Last visit to Hawaii, we went and, and we did a zipline tour. And the guy that was our guide, you could tell he was just so sick and tired of tourists. Oh. That he, and, and he was <laughs> nice enough, but his, his really not caring about you at all attitude, I could see right through it. Was he Was he a local? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah sure, they're, yeah. they're all local. And, and, uh, and I was just like, I felt like saying, I felt like going, do you really hate what you do because yeah. i can tell yeah and 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 it's got to be but but then again i was trying to think of myself in that position too it's got to be a double-edged sword where you rely on outsiders to bring in uh in to bring in you know to, to bolster the economy but you see them filter through so much that it's just like they, they, they're not even human right to you, you know right after a while i don't know I don't know. With so I have a lot of friends that uh, are full time live at the Jersey Shore, including family members, and the majority, actually all of them, all of the people that I know, will tell you that they absolutely love okay. when when Memorial Day comes and the crowd comes. They, they really? like when that. Yeah, they all and right. they don't use. They'll jokingly use the word, you know, the term "shuby" or whatever, but they use it lovingly. It's not something that they right. that they look down. They upon. love the influx. They love the excitement. I'm sure it's got to be a bit of a hassle when roads that you were. 
using it, that would not. But it's all credit. part of living there, and that's right. what they understand. And but then they say they are also um, look forward to Labor Day when everybody, Gets the majority the of the yeah. crowd, goes home. That Party's over. It's their life. That's yeah. get out. Yeah. So it's not like they they hate summer because all yeah. these people are coming down. No, it's part of their life. It's part of their world. Yeah. It's just that you know they look forward to it on both ends. Peter wants to explain Benny to us, and then we got a number of text too. But I want to get it from Peter. Hi, Peter. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Uh, this goes back, you know, a couple of generations at least. Benny's is the North Jersey term for people who, the influx of people from Brooklyn and the Bronx, hence the bees, and into the Jersey Shore. So that's my Here. understanding is that's where it has come from. All right, got it. Thank you, Peter. By the way, so, so it breaks down like this, according to this text. Uh, Benny equals... Bergen, Essex, Newark, New York. Oh, that makes sense. And okay. Then, yeah, uh, yeah. So, and, and so then you have, you know, the, the New York is the N-Y at right. the end there. They're B-E-N-N-Y. Oh, okay. So yes, that's right. Urban Dictionary explained it exactly that, and it is similar to the term shooby, is, but that's for South Jersey. Right? Okay. I got you. Um, are we good to go in our We are interview? good to go. Right, so anyhow, Asbury Park fell in that category, but, you know, I don't know that part. I just, I know that. Cape May is gorgeous, and, yeah. and there's some this spots. <laughs> there's spots down, you know, in in the south part of Jersey that are just stunning as well. So, all right, uh, what are we doing here? Uh, <laughs> zooming? Are, are well, we zooming, or are we going? There's a call on the hotline. What are, yeah, what, no, what we're, am gonna I doing? we're zooming. Okay, we're oh, we are. I, I, was, right. I, was, I was I was a little confused. All right, City of Lies, the movie is available now. Prime Video, Fandango as well. It stars Johnny Depp, Forrest Whitaker. And we're excited because the director is from the area. Nick, where does he hail from? Lafayette Hill. Lafayette Hill. Yeah. How about that? It's beautiful. You yeah. still live not too far from there, Steve, right? Uh, Chestnut yes. Hill, yes. Lafayette yes. Hill. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm there right now, yeah. All right. Please welcome to the program Mr. Brad Furman. Yeah. Brad, good morning, sir. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. 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 We're getting a little feedback here, Brad. I don't know if you can hear it, too. I said absolutely about 100 times, and now everything is repeating. Oh, no. I don't know why that That was terrible. It was cool, though. Check. Holy moly. There we go. Yay. All right. right. We're better. Sorry, Brad. Dude. Could you hear that? That was was an audio acid trip for just a moment. But you Good didn't hear that. For me. I'll take it. Nice. <laughs> uh, so, Brad, well, listen, um, by the way, I mentioned, you know, your roots in the area. When uh, uh, t- Tell us about your, your, your growing up uh, here in Philadelphia and when you left and, and went on to be a, an unbelievable, successful director. That's very kind of you. <laughs> uh, very proud to be born and raised from Philly out in Lafayette Hill. Uh, went to Penn Charter when I was little, and then uh, I transferred over to French Central on the main line. Um, I guess I was a bad kid, so my parents sent me to private school. That was a story I was told. I never thought I was that bad. Uh, Could have been that bad. Fell in love with basketball, but there were limitations about me going to make a career at it. Saw my parents work really hard as attorneys in uh, Center City. So uh, I also lost my cousin, Michael Furman, who was actually on air on Power 99 uh, around midnight. So as a result of that. I looked at life and I said, uh, you know, what can I do in my life that actually I would value and appreciate and have fun doing? And filmmaking became it. And wow. did you end up in uh, NYU? Uh, actually, funny. I went to Emory to play basketball my freshman year, ended up getting hurt, ended up transferring to NYU, actually. So good question. To 
actually end up play basketball, but film school is really why I went. Yeah. So, yeah. Their film school is legendary. Nice. So. Yeah. Uh, Brad, my friend Jen Johnson, I went to her sinus with her. She uh, she went to high school with you, and she said that you had an awesome purple hot rod that you used to drive in high school. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> those were, you know, I, I think those were some embarrassing times in Philadelphia when you try to figure out who you, who you were. And I, uh, I had... Yes, I had a unique car. That's, let's leave it at that. <laughs> what was it? What was, what it? was no, it? Don't leave it at that. What was it? <laughs> we'll put it very far in my past. <laughs> Purple hot rod. Well, you guys right. figure this is early 90s. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have to check that one out. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about the genesis of City of Lies, because what I understand, the movie was completed in 2016, but because of maybe like licensing issues or something, it was. It has been on the shelf for a while. Can you explain what the stall was at the initial time you completed the film? Uh, anything and everything you could imagine happened to this film. Um, even when I started to make it, friends of friends of friends from the streets hit me and were like, you can't make this film. You don't know the streets. The flip side of that was friends from the Los Angeles Police Department, who I had played basketball with for years in Los Angeles, had said to me, like, you don't understand the power of the city and how high up this goes. Uh, even larger than that, some people as well from the sheriff's office. So I was getting it from every end. So when we were actually coming out, our distributor distributed the movie Spotlight. Right. Um, I felt pretty sound. We were moving in the right direction. And then pretty much and pretty quickly, everything fell apart. They were financially losing. Uh, the company that bought them went bankrupt. Uh, we were stuck in a bankruptcy, which was part of the financial problems. But I just saw from a bigger perspective and what I was dealing with before and after the film that, uh, you know, this was a really tricky, complicated film because it's the film that, you know, police departments and the LAPD really don't want you to see. All right, well, things. Brad, for it's those who may not, not be familiar, let's let's bring them up to speed on why this, uh, you know, sensitive nature of this film. Tell us about the the uh, uh, the subject matter. Uh, Johnny Depp stars as Russell Poole. Russell Poole was the lead detective in the Christopher Wallace, a.k.a. Biggie Smalls murder. And um, Forrest Whitaker plays Jack Johnson, the journalist who is quasi investigating the case hard to this friendship that he makes with, uh, you know, Johnny Depp's character. And essentially we dive or do a deep dive into the case. I personally, the book, it's based off the book by Randall Sullivan, Labyrinth. And I didn't want to just take the book and make it. So I did a full-blown reinvestigation into the case with Sergio Robledo, who was the lead detective. He was also Russ Poole's supervisor, but he was the lead detective on the Wallace civil case while at the LAPD. So I took the book. I did a reinvestigation with them. Sergio sadly passed away, and he was it was a dream to work with him. But I saw redacted files. I did a deep dive into the depositions. I saw everything under the sun, and um, it, it's quite an expose and was mind-blowing, and I felt the responsibility. There was a story that had to be told. Hmm. Brad, uh, th this is Nick. I watched the movie yesterday. I, I loved it. I thought it was really well done, and uh, I was not very familiar with um, a lot of the details behind the murder of Biggie, and, and it followed the murder of Tupac, and um, both of those remain unsolved. Uh, when watching a movie like this, I'm always a little conflicted because it's it has a bit of a feel of a documentary, uh, but it's a, a, a it's also a, you know feature film. It's a, a, some of it has been fictionalized, or it's it becomes part of storytelling. So um, I know that you did the deep dive and did a lot of research on it, but it's also uh, not a documentary. Can you talk about you know how much of it is is true? How much of it is portrayed um, accurately? Thank you for the kind words. I've always felt this film is bigger than me with regards to the messaging, what's going on in the world today. Um, I think the reality of that was 
Christopher Wallace, Biggie, I like to refer to him as his name, was a human being. The iconography of this, Tupac Shakur in particular, also a piece of his life and stories in the film as well, and the connective tissue with Biggie. These are artists and musicians that tremendously impacted me through my life. So I, did, I had no interest in exploiting them, exploiting their murders. So I reached out to Miss Wallace and I told her up front, I wouldn't make the movie without her blessing and hand in hand with them. Uh, they produced the movie, Wayne Barrow, Big's former manager. And because when we live in movie land, we don't think about, you know, the death of a human being. We, we just look at them as, you know, these icons, you know, you don't, you don't realize Jimmy Dean was alive or any of these kind of things. So I thought it was really important for the gravitas of the film to root it in the actual footage. So when you see Big, I try to create the impression of him rather than just make it about an actor playing him where nobody could personify him or Pac. So I used the real imagery, the real video, the real audio. Also, they gave me the acapellas and we made music and wove, you know, his voice into the score. And I was part of producing that, which I was incredibly proud of because I was actually working with Big's vocals, which was incredible. But all of this was done exactly in line with what you're saying. And again, thank you for the kind words. It was to humanize Christopher, have you understand that he's a real person, have you understand that he's a father to, to kids and a son, understand that he's a son to a mother, and that's all in the DNA of the film. So it is a balance of those things, but it's also a movie. So obviously it's, it's a, uh, the, the classic phrase, a, a labor of love here for you. And uh, the, the story is one that's definitely, um, you know, it, it's become... Uh, culture and pop culture lore and legend and uh but on a basic filmmaking level you have johnny depp in the film and i i got to watch a, a bit of it last night i want to complete it and it was was definitely engaged the performances by johnny depp and forrest whitaker and i think their 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 exchanges through the film and their relationship is really the, at the heart and soul of everything but the um uh, how how did uh, how did you get johnny depp on board with this and and uh and a and b um, he he appears he appears much older, but it doesn't appear as if he's using any prosthetic. How did you get him to look as old and and paunchy and 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 you know old ex detectivey as you did in the film? Usually, as a filmmaker and director, you never really get your first choice. And because it was a detective, because I was also in love with Johnny's work and Donnie Brasco, and I knew he was older now, I wanted to do something. Uh, fresh, original, different. Johnny has a really, he, he told me in our first meeting is an allergy to formula. Yeah. So as a result, like what, what a great approach to playing the quote unquote straight detective of Russ Poole. So I actually got really lucky with timing and a lot of things. Um, and I got a meeting with him. Usually those meetings last an hour. My first meeting was nine and a half hours in his office <laughs> with super cool office and i was sitting on the floor playing music for him anything from like classic rock to you know r&b and hip-hop and we were just sharing and really hit it off and it was funny it's funny you pointed to that because i had noticed in black mass which i enjoyed the film but oh. i i felt his eyes the prosthetics they used and some of the makeup at times were very distracting to mm. me and even though his performance was excellent, I could see the makeup. I could see sort of the, the veneer of the filmmaking elements, which for me, I'm sensitive to like facial hair that looks fake in a movie or all these kind of things. So I think with actors, our relationship as director to actors about trust. So in an effort to build that trust, what I tried to do was, you know, basically just call them out on whatever BS there is and <laughs> shoot straight with them. So I said to him straight, I was like, hey, man, you were brilliant in Black Mass, but let me be honest with you, uh, the prosthetics 
for me, I don't think they're going to work. We can't make this raw, hard-hitting movie if that's what we're doing with the makeup. I want to go old-school makeup, super classic. So we aged him between the two periods that are intercut, as you were referencing. Right. And he was down for it. He was really, really – Johnny's the gem, man. He, he's an amazing guy, and he was super humble. And um, it was a dream to work with him and have him become a friend. And uh, his first love's music. So, uh, you know, this movie hit, hit home for him. He was a fan of Biggie as well. When uh, telling the story of the murder of Biggie, uh, of Christopher, um, you have to dive into gang uh, relations in, in Los Angeles. You also spend time with Death Row Records and, and Suge Knight. And I'm curious as to what your uh, thoughts are about Suge now and um, and if you ha- heard anything from, from Death Row or from that camp in the process of making this movie. I have a very dear friend of about 20 years now from Watts, and we were traveling into a particular club in Los Angeles and moments after, and, and my friend's very, very famous and moments after she got in line and my friend was like, Oh, that's it. We got to go. And I was like, at the time, you know, I, I, this is 15 years ago or so I had just gotten to LA and I didn't really understand. And then later he just said, look, that's a place you don't want to be when that guy's there. Wow. And um, that sort of just laid the groundwork to me of the, mystique of Suge Knight and these things. And most people who um, I know who have known him or came up with him always said he's a teddy bear. But I think it's a little bit of like the man behind the man behind the man kind of thing. Right. Uh, and I, it's not something I ever wanted to touch. So you know, <laughs> I, I think his relationship um, with the Los Angeles Police Department was special, if you could say it that way. And um, the facts are really all there with respect to uh, the story as we lay it out. In the but, you, but you say you, uh, at least I was reading an interview, you said you don't believe he was responsible for the, uh, for the, the, the hit on Tupac Shakur, that you don't, uh, you don't believe he was involved, uh, or at least uh, unless I misread that. No, I, it, the, Pac, the Pac murder is really, really, it's more, comp- <laughs> the Biggie murder is beyond complicated. Yeah. I mean, even just getting it in a movie was unfathomably challenging for me. Uh, the Pac murder was tricky. We, there was an instance in our movie where we were also going to do a recreation of the Pac murder. So I actually, we, we got the actual car and my car guys built it. And with the rims to the detail, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable when you make these movies, the level of detail and things you're recreating and recrafting. And out of everything with respect to the Pac murder, since I drove that car for like four weeks around L.A., every time you're sitting in the car, the interior of the car is so small. Yeah. And even though Shook had claimed he got hit, all of the due diligence I had done said that, you know, he didn't. And I think the reality is it just would have been, in my opinion, near to impossible to create this hit on Pac and not have him take any bullets. I, I just, I just, that's my, that was my issue of what I was trying to represent in the interview. And I'm saying here again, the facts of that, it's the one piece that just doesn't fit for me and makes sense. Like, I think he would have definitively got, I mean, there's just no way you're planning a murder sitting next to somebody in a car that small period or any car. So that's just, you know, that's your take. Yeah. yeah. Brad, yeah. You, you talked about going through all the, the, the depositions and the redacted files and all that stuff. While you were doing your extensive research, was there some part in your head that maybe in the back there going, oh, maybe I'll crack this case. <laughs> maybe I'll actually well, see something, you know? Well, the, the crazy thing was when I saw the depositions and the redacted files, which is not public, you know, it's not available to the public. I was mind blown. And I and sadly, Sergio had passed away, Sergio Robledo, who brought them to me. Um, 
I, I felt, and I do feel we did solve the case, to be frank. Uh, I, I, you know, it's actually an interesting thing. Um, Jess First, who I made the movie with, who went to Penn, and, um, you know, she's been my partner for the last two movies I did. We have a card at the end of the movie that exclaims sort of just like that the murders of Biggie and Pac are unsolved. And we were like recently looking at, we were like, well, are people just so literal? They're not going to understand in actuality. That's just legally what's going on. It's not actually the facts of where, you know, we feel we brought the case, but all the pieces are really there. We just put them together and did a much deeper dive than uh, Randall had done 12 years prior. But um, yeah, I, I, I feel like we did solve it. Wow. Uh, I want to pay you a compliment. There's a scene with Johnny Depp and an actor named Toby Huss. He plays another one of the detectives on the case, and they recreate the hit on uh, on what happened that night when Biggie was murdered. And uh, the cinematography involved in these models that were created um, is fascinating and, and really well done and very compelling. And so I don't know how you pulled all that together, but um, I felt like I was uh, uh, just watching a really intricately put together and a, and a very impressive scene that helped me to understand what happened that night. Thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, it, it definitely my brainchild from the perspective of, I think, having been a fan, just I still see myself as like a regular kid from Philadelphia. I just learned and had the craft years and years of making movies. They don't tell you when you start something in life that after you do it year after year after year, you learn and, and you get into your prime. I like to think like <laughs> for me in my mind, my best movies are ahead of me and, and I've learned so much. But on this subject matter in particular, I did really try to dive in as an audience member saying like, how would I want to see this? What do I need to know? What do I not need to know? So there's definitely a level of filmmaking. I think my biggest concern for me, because that scene marries to the scene where Big's going to the car and earlier in the movie and uh, Miss Wallace with the clock of time poem, uh, clock of life, excuse me, narrates it. I just feel like most reenactments we see are cheesy, they're corny, like all that kind of stuff never lands right. Typically, as I discussed earlier, you have actors playing these people that they can never embody and we know aren't them. So that's a big odd thing. Uh, so I try to just keep things really grounded, raw and honest. And I went back to the Peterson. I shot exactly where it all happened. Um, we shot actual video footage from the angle that we had the video footage and I matched it and made sure it was perfect. I had all the police investigative reports. So when it looks like there's only a little amount of people on the street there at that time, that's all that was on the street at that time. Like everything I tried to do had to be accurate to the T. I didn't want to mess with the, with the police files. And then I cross checked the police files from, you know, the other detect, like you get eyewitness accounts. So it was, it was a credible deep dive. It's got to be wild because you, so years ago, <laughs> we're talking years ago, you make this movie and you lived in the world. You were completely consumed by it. It's obviously something that's near and dear to you. And here you are that it's, it's finally getting out. And yet since that time, I don't know when you made the, the infiltrator, I assume, was it concurrent to the time you're making this, uh, uh, this film as well, I City of Lies? I made Infiltrator, and then I rolled right into City of Lies. And then, uh, yeah, I, I got City of Lies done, I mean, for all intents and purposes, considering the complexity of the film pretty quickly. Um, and then, yeah, it was like the knockout punch. <laughs> you right. Get, you, get, you get hit pretty hard. So, so right, well, right now, obviously, you're, you're, you're pushing this out. What, what is coming up in your, uh, in your film roster? What are you working on next? I, I, I uh, in, in sixth grade, I wrote my hero's paper on Pistol Pete Maravich. Uh, he, he was a big hero for my father, and that, that sort of fell off on me. So I've been losing my mind writing uh, and going to direct the Pistol Pete Maravich story. Wow. Uh, Steve, Na Steve Nash and, of the Nets is producing with Peter Lawson. And 
this guy, Jake Septimus, and it, it's a great team they built. I don't know if it'll be next because that's just how the movie world is. You know, you wish you had more clarity moving forward, but it doesn't work that way. But that's what I've been living in 24-7. But I, I, I did hit the stop button on everything in that because to me, as you said, and I appreciate it, uh, City of Lies, I felt, was, was important. It was bigger than me. It was a film that I think the world needed. I think there's a failure of the institutions that we rely on, in this instance, the LAPD, to protect and serve. We rely on these institutions. And, uh, you know, Miss Wallace has never gotten any justice or truth in this case. I've gotten very close with her, the Poole family, uh, who Johnny plays Russ Poole. All of these things collectively led me to that keyword responsibility. I felt that this was an important story that needed to be told. And, look, I, in I just felt that I was honored to be in the position to share and tell it. So, you know, I wanted to fight that good fight and never let it go. Congratulations on getting it done. It's available to rent on Prime Video and Fandango now. It is called City of Lies. And uh, we're just, we're, we're happy a local guy yeah. has done a project that's cool like <laughs> Thank this, you. man. You know, listen, uh, I, my parents drove me from Lafayette Hill Plymouth meeting, you know, dropped me off at school every day for many years. I got to listen to the radio and uh, listen to all these kinds. Of, it's a real honor and pleasure to be here, guys. It's super cool what you guys are doing. I miss nice. Philadelphia very much. I'll be back soon, hopefully. And uh, I, I was excited you asked to have me on the show. It really means nice. a lot. Well, we'll get a, we'll get a face-to-face sometime yeah. when all this craziness yeah, is over. Thanks, yeah, I know. Man. The crazy world we're in, right? Yeah. We appreciate <laughs> wow. it. Brad Furman, everybody. Yeah. Thanks, man. City of Lies. And like I said, Prime Video and Fandango now. We got a break because we got to stay on time. We got the money clip coming up when we return. Bizarre file stories and more. We won't be gone long, so stay with us. Temple of the Dog at 30. Why it sounds different now. A deep dive into what went into the groundbreaking album by Beasley managing editor Brian Ives. Plus, see exclusive photos from their first concert at the Tower in 2016. And check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush with Burt Kreischer, live from Serbia. 93.3 WMMR. It's time for a Preston and Steve money clip. That was awesome! Now, here's your money clip keyword. All right. Uh, we have a word, and the word is amount. A-M-O-U-N-T. And you have until 15 minutes after the hour to enter it. Three ways for you to do that. You can text to the special contest short code number, which is 45911. Or to also be entered for the $10,000 grand prize, enter it via the MMR app or at WMMR.com. One random entry wins $500 in our company-wide contest, and that person will get a call from the company Beasley. So make sure you answer your phone. Contest rules are at WMMR.com, and it's sponsored by Hyundai City. The word again, amount, A-M-O-U-N-T. Come and get it. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. And this morning is brought to you by Coors Pure, an organic light beer that is refreshingly simple for the exceptionally crisp, clean taste you'd expect from Coors. 92 calories, no sugar, Coors, Coors Pure. It's hard to have in pure and pure. Uh, it's hard. Right next to each yeah. other. All right, so technology isn't without its challenges. Police in California say... They got a call in the middle of the night recently from Yanya Seidner, who said that she and her two-year-old daughter were sleeping in their home when they were awakened by a sound she thought was a home intruder. She hid in the bathroom with her daughter, and then she waited for police to arrive. The police discovered it was their Roomba that was responsible for the noise. 
It's like me in the automatic cat yeah, absolutely. thing that uh, scared the hell out of me one night. Except she didn't rack a shotgun. She did not. <laughs> Sidor says that the vacuum hadn't been used in nearly two years, uh, but her son had turned it on, and it apparently fell down the stairs. There you go. And that was the noise that they heard, so they called the police. Now, here's another noise in a house. So... It's something you wouldn't expect uh, to get along with your new house. Glenn Stafford recently moved into his house in England. It was in Derbyshire, England, and says that the previous owners told him that their cat had recently gone missing. Stafford initially left out some food and milk to see if the cat would return, but stopped after a few days passed, and there was no sign of the animal. But a few weeks later, Stafford said he heard meowing. It was coming from one of the walls near the kitchen ceiling. Was it like ceiling cat? When he investigated, he found the cat, Molly, stuck in a space between the house's walls. Oh, man. He's a cat. Yeah, he contacted the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. And a rescuer took the cat to a local vet who found the animal was very hungry but otherwise healthy. Uh, They also contacted Molly's owner, who was very grateful to hear Molly was safe and could be reunited with him. It saw Molly crawled through a waste pipe in the kitchen and was unable to find a way out of the house's walls. If they can find a way, they'll do it. He's a cat. Exactly. Uh, Appearing in the royal court, a gentleman named Darius Pierce said that he was hoping for his appeal to be dealt with via trial by combat. As he made a representation before Commissioner Julian Clyde Smith. So like to pick up an axe and go at it? For real. This is in England. Uh, Pierce is currently in custody as he awaits sentencing. He was found guilty of money laundering after he received cash from members of a criminal gang. We will not be doing that. On three occasions, he then uh, bought gold with the cash from uh, London bullion dealers, which he then transferred back into cash. He was arrested, uh, maintained his innocence. And he appeared before Clyde Smith yesterday to make several applications, including one for bail. He also indicated that he would be applying for his appeal to be dealt with by trial by combat. Is trial by combat still on the books over there? It is not. Okay, so uh, the the outcome of the appeal would be either his death or his freedom, he had said. Emulation by dragon. Uh, Pierce previously made a similar application in May of 2020 before the commissioner, Clyde Smith, who wrote in his judgment at the time that it had raised a concern in mind as to Mr. Pierce's mental health. It is the express consideration of the court that you are an imbecile. The judgment also noted that the right but to trial by comet had previously been abolished in England. But apparently, Steve, hang on. It still exists in Jersey law. Ah, in New Jersey. Not New Jersey. Jersey. Pierce, who is representing himself, also said yesterday that he was unable to conduct his own defense from the prison as he didn't have access to the Internet. So he needs to get that. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, the burlesque community has, I don't know why I put this in here by the ac- by accident. Well, that was supposed to be in the entertainment news. All right, well, let's do it anyway. Let's do it anyway. The burlesque community has <laughs> lost one of its darlings. Tempest Storm, born Annie Blanche Banks in 1928, passed away at her Las Vegas home on Tuesday evening. She was 93. Where are the strippers? Her longtime manager, Harvey Robbins, confirmed her passing, saying in a news release she passed peacefully at home. Love will inspire side. <laughs> She was widely known as the queen of exotic dancers, and uh, the release says she had links to the king of rock and roll, Elvis uh, Presley. Yes, she did. And President John F. Kennedy. Yeah, right. 
Uh, Show us your boobs. Tempest will be buried in Westwood Village Memorial Park Cemetery in Los Angeles. Funds are being raised for it, and they say that they are working to have her buried by co-star Betty Page. Yeah. And longtime friend Dixie Evan. Legendary burlesque entertainer. I remember when the the, the rumor was Elvis was with her for a while. Yeah. Sarah Sarah Jackson's producer uh, retweeted, uh, you know, um, honoring her passing. And uh, the Twitter account that Sarah retweeted is called Whores of Yore. Oh. <laughs> they honored it. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's a, it's a nice tribute, but it's just a funny Twitter handle. Whores of Yore. Wow. It was retweeted by Hope Solo's butthole. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so yeah. it should yeah. be. All right. Uh, uh, a <laughs> gentleman named uh, Ratman Gan. Ratman? Rat, rat, rat. Stop it. <laughs> Little rat? Ratman? No, he's no. trying to. He's saying at the same time. Ratman Gan. Oh, Ratman. Ratman Gan. Uh, he was the mayor of Carmel Shama, posted a picture of an apartment in his Wait city. Wait a second. is in India. Ra- okay, there we go. All right. uh, a city in his, uh, on his Facebook page Tuesday uh, showing a 10-foot deep sinkhole, Oof. which is not that uh, out of the ordinary, but it's in the middle of someone's living room. So in the middle of their home, a 10-foot sinkhole. Yeah. That's pretty big. Yeah, the floor, everything just uh, caved in. Uh, Shama said that the hole hell? was opened following a nearby construction project and promised that the incident would be investigated. Police, uh, eva- we'll, we'll fix that. Police evacuated the building's occupants. The pit opened up in a way that endangered the occupants of the place, and there is fear of general collapse of the building, police said. To be honest, I would make that sort of a part of the living room. It's just like a sunken little pit area. Look at that. You remember in the movie Help when the, the Beatles had that little sunken part of their living room? That was John's yeah. uh, area, yeah. I recall. Yeah, Maybe I'd that do that. Cool. Yep. All right, and then we'll do one more story, and uh, you're going to have to stick with me to the end on this one because there's a slight bit of a punchline to it. So, All right. Uh, this is in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, Chris Rumsey went to O'Charlie's Sunday evening to pick up a to-go order after a soccer game. He said it was quite a night. <laughs> Until witnesses said a man busted through a door, started yelling and smashing plates. He says, started jumping around and going around, smashing things, staying, saying, open the register, open the register. I realize, oh, wow, this guy may be trying to rob this place. Right, sounds it. Rumsey said the man appeared agitated and on drugs, but what he when he saw the suspect attack a waitress, Rumsey said he had to step in. He said a waitress on the other side of the bar ends up yelling at him and whatever. And she said, uh, she said upset him because he grabbed her in a chokehold and grabbed a giant food tray as some kind of weapon. No. And at that time, I came around the right of the bar, and as soon as I did, I let go. Uh, he let go of her and came at me, so I punched him in the face. He ended up slipping under and taking off running, and I chased him out. So police identified this. So this guy goes through all this to, to, all of it. to, to, to fend this attack right, away. Right, right, right. Police identified the man as 21-year-old Quincy Smith. They were able to catch him nearby. Rumsey said, oh, Charlie's gave him a 25% off on his next meal. <laughs> oh, come on! 25%? That's all? Yes. Cheap bastards. This dude handles a robber, yeah. and they give him 25% off his next meal. Like, didn't even give what. his... We're going to give you some extra dinner rolls for your next meal. That's right. All right, and there you go. That's what I have in the Bizarre File for you. All right, uh, roughly five minutes left for the money clip, and the word that we have is amount, A-M-O-U-N-T. So get on that, enter it now, three ways to do it. You know the drill, and hopefully we will be giving you uh, $500. Stop the music. What? I need to do this. Oh, no. No, it's Yeah, it's some shards. Oh. And and so what happens is when it, when I do a few of these, 
then more come in, and then a backlog happens, and I've gotten behind. I want to get these done now before I forget about them. You get over-sharded. Over and this one I apologize profusely for because it was back in March. It was about a month ago I got this, and it's it's one I should have done the day that I got it. This was from... This is from Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. One more time. <laughs> so this is from uh, Todd, who emailed in and said, please give a heartfelt shout out to my sister, Tabitha. Uh, she successfully battled Hodgkin's lymphoma years ago and just recently found out that she now has breast cancer. Oh, my God. She moved to Texas several years ago, but still listens to you via podcast. She will be having surgery soon, and I'm sure she will greatly appreciate a shout out uh, since she is a big fan of you guys. He said, thank you, and F cancer. So I apologize, Todd, uh, that I got to this so late, but uh, we definitely wish her the best. So to Tabitha, here's your shirt, and good luck with everything. Uh, here's another one that says, my husband's turning 50 on May 16th, uh, and he listens every morning while del- early. delivering packages. You're right, so I'm going to just get it out of the way yeah. now. Uh, he's worked through the entire uh, pandemic with extra long hours, like a never-ending Christmas season. Please help him celebrate with an on-air shart. Uh, his name is Chuck Harder, and I hoped uh, to organize a trip to the studio to listen to the show live. Hopefully, we'll be able to do it someday soon, and that is from Amy Harder, so a shart. Happy birthday to you, sir. Here's another one says, uh, this is from Ian. Uh, Ian, the ghost rider trucker, it says. Huh. Wanted to give you guys a shout out. He said, you guys always make me crack up while I'm working and driving my big rig down the road. I'll be podcasting you guys tomorrow as I'm heading down to Daytona Beach for Jeep Week, Jeep Beach Week. Uh, and I'll be streaming you guys live when I'm down there. So here's a shot for you, sir. That's a shot for us, I guess. Sorry. Shot for you <laughs> is a shot for us. <laughs> yeah. And then two more quick ones. This is from Jeff uh, Gross-Steffen. Uh, says, I personally get a shout-out to Andrew and Becca Hodgkins on the birth of their third child, Easton, on April 13th. Uh, we've been best friends for over 10 years and are enjoying watching all our children grow up together and form similar bonds with each other. While they've relocated to Frederick, Maryland many years ago, they're still devout podcasters, so give them the big, juicy one, and we can't wait to meet Easton. So here's a shout. One last one. Uh, this is from Melissa Cor, uh, Cornatzer, I think is how you say her name. Cornatzer. She said, my husband Brandon is a huge fan of your show. You think you guys could give him a birthday shout out? His birthday is Wednesday, April 21st. Oh, we came so close. He's turning 34. We live in Florida in case you wanted that information as well. So here's a shard and happy birthday and happy babies and uh, good lucks to everybody. Yes. We yes, appreciate it. Hey, we have a new Daily Rush video. We do. What is it? Uh, it is called Casey's Quick Story. <laughs> I got a ton of those. <laughs> says Casey's having an off day, so cut him some slack. <laughs> That's the description. <laughs> Watch it now. Preston is Steve.com. Sponsored by Punchline Philly Fishtown's first comedy club, restaurant, and bar. We will be back in a moment. Less question, trash, music news on the way. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme has everything you need to prep for this summer season. And now, order all your season essentials online at AcmeMarkets.com. And an experienced Acme associate will carefully pick and pack your order and bring the groceries right to your car. It's fast and easy with Drive Up and Go at Acme. 
Visit AcmeMarkets.com to start shopping now and get $20 off your first online order. Acme, fresh foods, local flavors. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. The weekend here at MMR featuring Tom, and it is the anniversary of his debut solo album, Full Moon Fever. And it aligns with April's Full Moon, which happens to be a super pink moon, from what we understand, they call yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so, Petty Double Shots every hour this weekend. And you want to listen to him because we have full moon, full moon Fever on vinyl throughout the weekend. If you want the information, you can go to WMMR.com. And also, while you're there, click on Contest. And you can enter to win Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers live anthology box set. And then Monday night, there's a lot going on. During the actual Pink Moon, Jackie Bam Bam will spin the entire album in its entirety cool. at 9 p.m. Yep. Some Good listeners stuff. are pointing out that uh, that video features Johnny Depp. You're right. And uh, we were just talking with uh, Brad Furman about a movie starring Johnny Depp. Yeah. Crazy. Good point. Yeah. Yep. You guys know what today is? Oh, it's Earth Day. Yeah. But yeah. you also know what today is? Uh, Thursday. It is the last oh, day, Preston. You. Yeah, for, for you to donate blood ah. and still be eligible for ah. the Preston C. Ah. Blood Drive. Yes, And Johnny Depp has donated blood. Uh, well, I, does he have any left? Yeah. Uh, a so, little bit. A uh, little bit. <laughs> How much blood you got there, Johnny? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so, yes, the, the blood drive is going to be on Friday, June 18th. He's in the Hollywood Vampires, and vampires suck blood. That's true. That's true. Uh, so we don't have the locations or the sign-up information yet. We just want you to save the date for Friday, June 18th. And today, no, tomorrow. Tomorrow. No, no. Today. No, today. today. Today's the last day that you can donate. And you can, you can set up an appointment today to go and, uh, donate blood if you would like to. And still be eligible to come out to the Preston Steve. Today. Blood drive. It is today. All right. Um, lesson question. That's what it's time for. We're going to give away a pair of tickets for the Driding 400 NASCAR Driding, get in here. series race at Dover <laughs> International Speedway. The question is, what special menu item did McDonald's add during the Dick Tracy pro- promotion? <laughs> 215263 <laughs> WMMR. What special menu item did McDonald's add during the Dick Tracy promotion? We spoke of it earlier today. 215-263-WMMR. If you know, call now. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to you by Horizon. Get your air conditioning ready for warmer weather. Book Horizon's complete 21-point AC tune-up now for $59. Plus, get up to a pound of refrigerant for free if your system needs it. Horizonservices.com. What's going on, Steve? Well, MMA badass Ronda Rousey and her husband, fighter Travis Brown, announcing they're with child and are four months along. In a post, uh, a video posted to YouTube, Rousey shows sonogram images of the fetus putting her liver in an arm bar. Amazing. This is pretty cool. Wendy Williams seen having a romantic dinner with a new boyfriend at a Chinese restaurant in New York City. Star Trek, a star struck onlookers gathered as a waiter gently lobbed heads of bok choy into Wendy's mouth. Oh, my God. And finally, a source close to Jennifer Lopez saying her split with Alex Rodriguez was over trust issues and fears that he had cheated. Apparently, J-Lo always thought A-Rod would be faithful because, quote, his face sort of looks like chewed gum. Uh, (laughs) And that's your Hollywood trash. All righty. We will see if we can indeed find a winner for today's lesson question. What special menu item did McDonald's add during the Dick Tracy promotion? 
And I will go to our first caller in, and that is Rick. Rick, morning. Morning. All right, Rick, what special menu item did McDonald's add during the Dick Tracy program? Today added the Dick Burger. Yeah. <laughs> you got it, pal. Hang on. All right, for Rick. We're going to give him a pair of tickets for the Dryden 400 NASCAR Cup Series race at Dover International Speedway. Sunday, May 16th. The NASCAR is back at Dover International Speedway. May 14th through the 16th. You can get tickets now. DoverSpeedway.com. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Dickhead. Royal Farms, fresh, real, real fresh, real fast. You can start each morning with a hot, fresh cup of Royal Farms coffee. Mm. And it's made one cup at a time from the finest coffee beans in the world, freshly ground just seconds before serving. Uh, We'll begin with a story I hit earlier in the entertainment report. Netflix is reportedly fast-tracking a deal for the first official Kiss biopic with the full cooperation of co-founders Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. Although it is... <laughs> Although it's still unannounced officially, Deadline <laughs> reported the film titled Shout It Out Loud uh, will be directed by Norwegian filmmaker uh, Joachim Ronning, best known for the movies Contiki, Mal- Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, and Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Contiki is a documentary. Is that what it's about? I believe it or, is. I mean, that's what it's, it, that's the format? Okay. I think it is. Uh, the script will be written by Ole Sanders. Uh, Deadline posted about the film, the band's concert arena anthems will be a big part of this, but the film will focus on that duo going back to when they were two misfit kids from Queens who formed an unlikely friendship, uh, starting Kiss after enlisting a guitarist Ace Freely. And drummer Peter Chris. Uh, trying to set it's an it. amazing story. If you, yeah. I mean, just in general, it's, yeah. it's rock legend. Yeah. Uh, trying to set themselves apart from the other hair bands of the day, they accented their power chords and pyrotechnics with makeup. At heart, their formative story is in the vein of the commitments. If that Irish soul band employed makeup and spike tails. So shout it out loud. The funny thing is. And Preston, you remember this. At the beginning, they were considered like, that's like incredibly heavy stuff. Devil rock. And it was not, listen to it now. It's I not know. even that, yeah. I know, it's as light as you can yeah. be, but uh, it'll be cool. I uh, can't wait to see it. Deftones will kick off a headlining tour June 3rd in Spain, and they will return to the U.S. in August with a show in Minneapolis on the 12th. Their itinerary includes. Several festival dates. Uh, Deftones have also released the music video for Ceremony, a track on their 2020 album, Ohms. Uh, the clip stars Cleopatra Coleman and was directed by Lee Wanell, who directed oh. last year's The Invisible Man. Yes. Yeah. Uh, very good. Yep. He also did uh, Reboot. Was that right? the name of it? Is Reboot? Movie where the, the guy has the chip in his head? No. That the, what's that called? What's Upgrade? it called? Upgrade. Yes. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Wasn't he one of the guys in Saw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he see Saw? He, he, he didn't see Saw. He wrote Saw. Okay. I saw Saw. Oh. I think we had him in studio at we Y100. Did. We did. Uh, yeah. no, we, we had him here. here. I think we also had him in studio at Y100. We really? saw him here. Yeah. yeah. I remember him here. Yeah. All right. Buck Cherry. for Saw, which we saw. Buck Cherry will release a new album called Hellbound on I June. I never saw Saw. June 25th. <laughs> 
still here? Yes, I'm just so excited for the movie. I'm just waiting in line. Uh, the band has also shared the video of the project. Now I have an image of Gene, full makeup and leather, standing in line. He's the only person in line out in front of the movie theater waiting for it to open. It's going to be great. Uh, so they, uh, the band is, snow caps. has also shared the video uh, for the project's debut single, So Hot. Uh, Buck Cherry has also announced plans for a huge North American tour beginning this summer. Sorry, my fingers are... I need to lick my finger in order. To uh, lick it. They're, they're very dry. Lick, lick those up. fingers. <laughs> Finger licking. Lick it up. Lick it up was <laughs> the song? The song was yeah. it. Was. Exactly. By the way, can I... Okay. Yeah. Can, yeah? I, can I tell you a, a, a pandemic issue? All right. When going to the, when I'm in the produce department at the grocery store and getting a plastic bag to put my produce in. You don't lick your fingers when you separate the bag. You, you can, I can't separate right. the bag. Yes. Even doing yeah, that. Really? My hands are so freaking dry. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's freaking crazy. <laughs> thank you, Charlie. Marissa? I think I can help you. Not just at the produce section, but at the self-checkout line. Yep. When the bags are hanging on the side and they're <laughs> freshly posted up there and you can't get it off. It's and so annoying. I got to stick my... I can't get my bag off. Fingers up. <laughs> fingers up in my mask and lick my fingers and then, then ooh, gross, I'm licking my fingers. You know? Disgusting. I know, it is. Freaking produce. They Wait, have, like, here's what they need to do, by the way, uh, to that to that point. Like, if you're if you're doing self checkout, somebody needs to come by and sort of puff the bags a little bit because when they are, are completely <laughs> flat and stuck together, and you're trying to pull it out, and the thing say, "Please remove your items from the checkout area. Please remove your items. It's annoying." Sorry, what's your job at the uh, at the I'm store? A bag puffer. Your bag puffer. <laughs> 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 okay. Yeah. All right. Back Off to those me- bags. Back to music news. Uh, uh, coming up in uh, November on the 9th uh, via Penguin Press, just over 50 years to the day of Led Zeppelin's legendary untitled fourth album, Led Zeppelin 4, which most people call it, uh, is author Bob Spitz's new book on the, on the band titled Led Zeppelin The Biography. Bob Spitz is best known for his critical acclaimed 2005 biography, The Beatles. Shut up. Shut up. Okay. Wrong one. <laughs> All right. What was it supposed to be? There you go. Spitz. So, according to the book's official announcement, Bob Spitz take on, uh, takes the music seriously, brings the band's artistic journey to full and vivid life. The music huh. is only part of the legend, however. Led Zeppelin is also the story of how the 60s became the 70s, how playing in clubs became playing in stadiums and flying your own jet, of how innocence becomes decadence. Do you consider... Do you consider <laughs> almost famous um, an unofficial sort of telling of the Led Zeppelin? I don't. Because I, I wasn't aware of that. It, uh, I knew that it's a hybrid of bands. Yeah. But I didn't pick up on the Zeppelin thing, mainly because it's an American group. Right. That's um, one. But There's too many people in it, too. Yeah, but you do have the guitarist. Right. But, but I mean, Zeppelin was, uh, they were all virtuosos, yeah. you know. So, but I, but I know there, at that time there was an, a real emphasis on Jimmy Page. Right. But, yeah, when he jumps off the roof, that's a that's from the Robert that, Plant story. Yeah, right? The Robert yeah. Plant thing, right? I, I am a golden god. And, yeah. Yeah. So I, I'd, I'd be interested in, you know, I should probably read an article. I'm sure uh, uh, Cameron Crowe has, has talked about it several <laughs> times, what all bands are involved in creating Stillwater, you know? I, I stumbled across a, a behind-the-scenes, um, maybe it was in the, the anniversary came out a couple of years ago. Um, they created... 
three albums and album covers and photo shoots for that fictional band. Wow. So they went... It, it, the um, the amount of work and detail that went into that movie for stuff that never made it to film is really fascinating. I'll see if I can find it and send it to you because there's a lot. It's it's a really layered movie. So they wrote three albums worth of music. They didn't write all of the music, but they came up with the okay. album art, the album cover, the, uh, the what the record looked like, and uh, they did actual photo shoots with fictional band members for not for for albums that never existed. Fever Dog's my favorite song. It's a great song. <laughs> the guitar solo is incendiary. It is. I think that's uh, Mike McCready. Uh, Led Zeppelin gave no quarter, and neither has Bob Spitz. It says Led Zeppelin is the full and. Honest Reckoning, the band has long awaited and richly deserves. So that'll be coming out in November, I believe I said. That's it. That's your music news for today. Let's take a break. Come back in a second. Get ready to wrap it up. Hand it over to Pierre. We won't be gone long. Stay with us. This weekend's featured MM artist. This is Tom Petty. As we approach April's full moon, a super pink moon, we're celebrating the anniversary of full moon fever. Every hour this weekend, we're playing pairs of petty and proffering free copies of full moon fever on vinyl. MMR VIPs, head to WMMR.com to win the band's live anthology box set. And during Monday night's full moon, Jackie Bam Bam caps it all off by spinning side one and side two of full moon fever on vinyl. This is Tom Petty, and you are locked in the cage of the rock and roll animals on 93.3 WMMR. Everything the rocks. It's 1045 uh, a Thursday and in like two minutes it will be Friday. Yes. Which is great. Uh, that's uh, per Casey's math. We mention that all the time. Uh, but we have had a fun program today. We've learned things. Yeah. We did arts and crafts. We did. Yeah. We did. And uh, we made puppets. It's been fun. It was great. We had a puppet show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> But we had we learned about Kathy's uh, uh, family and yeah, prostitution. Absolutely, and there's and they're in the service industry. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, that's what you want to call it. Mm-hmm. The service. Uh, you gotta stop telling stories. I know, dude. I am waiting. You know, you told one not too long. I'm like, wow, man, you're sharing all kinds of stuff. It's great. Yeah, love it. I, love it. I mean, well, I was gonna blame my dad's side of the family, but it's both. It's- you're lucky. I wish I had hookers in my family. <laughs> I know. Like, my mom's side of the family, that's the, that's where all the criminals are. So my mom's my yeah. mom's side of the family, so she had a sister who was not good. And and, <laughs> and, and I really only members. met her a few times. And, 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 yeah, there was a whole, there's a whole sub story to, my mom turned out great. And, um, you know, but uh, it was, that was the, the mom's side of the family. My, my dad's. You know, everyone's pretty much together. Well, here's what we say is that my dad's side of the family just isn't afraid to talk about it. My mom's <laughs> side hides it, so nobody okay. knows. Okay. So wait, right, they're be. doing it, but they they're just, doing yeah. it. They just don't talk about it. My dad's side of the family is just not embarrassed by it. Right. All right. Well, uh, I want to thank uh, Mr. Dean Norris. <laughs> you know, uh, Hank from uh, Unbreak or not Unbreak from Breaking Bad. Uh, Unbreaking Bad. His show is called The United States of Al, and that is on uh, tonight at 8.30 on CBS, and you can stream it anytime on the Paramount Plus platform. Uh, and then we had a great conversation with director Brad Furman. Yeah! Uh, this movie, this film about the story of Biggie Smalls and, and more than that, uh, called City of Lies, stars Johnny Depp and Forrest Whitaker. 
Uh, it's available to rent on Prime Video and Fandango, and he is from the Lafayette Hill area and grew up in this area, and we had a great conversation with him. Says he owes everything to us. He does. Yeah. Which uh, we humbly accept. Oh, my God. It was yeah. an honor. Uh, so that has been fun. We need to do the letter of the day in case you have been told you have the letter. I do. Here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the daily letter. And the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. T, as in, thank God it's Thursday. All right, and we will give away tomorrow $300 from Aspiration. With an Aspiration debit card, you can choose to plant a tree with every purchase. And to get up to 10% cash back at environmentally friendly partners and access up to 20 times the interest of a traditional bank. Get get complete details when you you sign up for a better world at aspiration.com slash green. Uh, We will thank the sponsors. By the way, Pierre Robert with your next chances to win some money coming up. Uh, the Preston Steve money clip. Next opportunity is at noon. Then he does it at two, and then Jackson has it at four and six. And Jackie Bam Bam at eight p.m. I'd like to thank our sponsors. Preston Steve Show brought to you today by Duncan, the official coffee of the Preston Steve Show. Also by Acme Markets, fresh foods, local flavors, and Meineke for tires, brakes, batteries, exhaust systems, and more. Meineke doing car care right. Tomorrow on the program, giving away our Word of the Week prize, more money, and it's always nice when we have a chance to talk to our buddy Greg Fitzsimmons. Yes. We'll so cool. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, that is it. We are done. Rage on, and have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> Three three. Do 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 do